The Smoker's Lounge Production presents... Mr. Menthol's Entertainment Hour! <laughs> Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Miss Menthol's Entertainment Hour. I know, it's been like five months again. It's like I record a podcast, come back in five months, record another one to satiate your thousand views, your appetite of hearing me fucking talk, and that's strange in itself. But today I actually have a really special guest, first time in the studio, first time actually ever recording a podcast. We have Mr. Willie J over here to my right, and today we're going to be talking about uh, like found footage horror movies or any like really found footage films. And, like, what makes them good, what makes them bad, and why... It really question why people even thought to make them. Like, <laughs> like the logic behind them. And I guess the most... Like, I guess the most popular one that started the whole, like, found footage craze was Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah. Which, at the time, was... Like, the shit. Like, that was the movie to watch. I think that's what it got to its popular point, uh... I mean, it scared the fuck out of me because, you know, I was a younger kid when it came out. But after watching it, I kind of, it kind of didn't hit me right. And then as I got older and started seeing more found footage movies, it really started hitting me like, you know, this was actually pretty good for probably the budget that them people had. Oh, yeah. I mean, the scare factor is why they did it because that's what freaked people out the most is that because everybody was under the impression it was real. And, you know, even at a young kid, I'm not going to toot my own horn on this, but... I, I I saw it obviously in theaters. Oh yeah, I was, I was still a youngster. Mm-hmm. I think in nineteen ninety nine actually when it came out. So, and I uh, I went to school that that following Monday because I went and seen it on a Friday. I remember that specifically. Yeah. And a lot of my classmates had seen it, and they were, oh man, that's real. That actually happened. Look it up in the news. And I looked at them, I was like, if it that was real, then it's called a snuff film, and they can't show that in theaters. <laughs> like theaters won't play that. Right. And at nine years old, I shouldn't know what a fucking snuff film was, <laughs> but Amen. Faces of Death was already out on DVD, and I rented oh, that bitch. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's obviously the most popular one, but if we zoom back the clock on found footage movies, let's go back to fucking uh, Cannibal Holocaust. I never got to see that one. It is, it out. It's actually on Shudder. Yeah. It's a really good movie. Um. <clears throat> It, it, it obviously uh, 1978, I do believe, is when it was released. Yeah, and it was the first actual found footage movie ever ever put out. It was so realistic that the director was ta- was arrested and taken to court. Yeah, and he had to call his cast members in to prove that they were alive. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they thought he they, he killed them all. I remember reading about that. Yeah, th- that was a legitimate thing, you know. <laughs> And that's, but he did get a, he did get a small charge for, uh, for animal endangerment because the animals in that movie were slaughtered. Yeah. Those were actual, those were legit. You see a hog get slaughtered and a chicken and whatnot. Well, here, did you say these were filmed? 78. See, back in the 70s, I mean, people didn't have a strong constitution for animals like they do now. So now it's, it's all makeup and computer generated, which is great, which is awesome because I love animals. I don't want to see them get hurt, though. That's always a soft spot. Like, I can watch somebody get their face split open. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I'm like, oh, you, you shot the dog, it. you motherfucker. Yeah, it's like, even in horror movies, like, you, you see a... Like, everybody has that all is lost moment and then that rage moment. And, like... Oh, yeah. And I've only seen a couple that do both. It's either uh, the all is lost is when the, the police officer gets killed. 
So, like, oh, the police will save him. Nope, never mind. (laughs) And the uh, rage moment when they kill the fucking dog. Or really any animal, like, for that matter. But when they kill the fucking dog, you're like, okay, I'm going to kill these sons of... I'm going to hunt this bitch down myself. (laughs) So, it's... So, but with, like, found footage movies, like, Cannibal Holocaust pretty much started everything. And whereas Blair Witch perfected it. And then you get into movies that are obviously staged, like you know, Grave Encounters, mm-hmm. obviously fucking staged. Right. But it was still a good movie. Like it, one of the very few movies that in my adult life has legitimately scared me. Yeah. Like, and I can, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I can spot a pop scare from a mile away. But fuck, I couldn't in that movie because <laughs> it just boom, scare your face. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> I loved Grave Encounters one and two. And, uh, you know, they had their people saying it's real. And, you know, the first one you could almost come to believe, but, I mean, if there, if, there was, if there was a case of paranormal activity or poltergeist activity that extreme to where it was ending people's lives, the CIA or the FBI, the paranormal investigators would have done, like, sanctioned it and set up an FBI headquarters in the damn thing to study it, you know. Oh, yeah, either that or just tore the fucking building down I, and be done with it. I love the realism behind found footage to a point now when you put a lot into it and make it quite unrealistic i really don't appreciate that part of it because it's like being it's found footage it needs to be raw and i mean it needs to be almost thrown together in a sense but have one take mentality with it like i'm going to film this murder scene and i'm going to make it look realistic as i can and i'm going to get it all in one take yeah, because you that's what you have. Yeah. You got one take to get this shit right, you know? And you can always tell when people edit it out. And that's why I feel like on found footage, they have so many different cameras filming at one time. And so when they want to take away from this one, they can edit time in by switching to another one. Yeah, and, and with found footage, it's always been one camera. Like one camera, one shot, one footage. You know, maybe different people controlling the camera, but that's it. Well, some of the new ones... Uh... They all got cell phones or something like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, you know, these people must have nicer cell phones than what I got because, you know, my cell phone has a really shitty picture and they're filming full movies with them shits, you know? Well, iPhones. Yeah. It's I- iPhones and newer yeah. Samsungs. They, yeah. they, you can. You absolutely can. You can film some high quality shit with them. But frame cap is, was where it, was where it hits because whereas those, they claim that they can record at 60 frames per second when they can only technically record at most 47 right and like video games and movies are 25 to 30 yeah and then when you get into like more technical aspects you have to edit videos down you can't edit them up otherwise you're gonna you're you bought literally a twenty thousand dollar fucking computer to edit up a video when you can just as easily edit down right so somebody's you know fucking recording it in 4k at 45 frames per second they're gonna edit that shit down to 1080 at 30 frames per second to make it viewable. Yeah. And then it's going to look great. Like, it's going to look fantastic. But then there's people out there that, like, for instance, I, I once, uh, I do follow this guy um, on one of my, like, iFunny accounts. Mm-hmm. I do follow this guy that he does nothing but take, like, 10 seconds of a movie, uh-huh. edit it up to 4K, and edit it up to 60 frames per second. And for one, they look hyper-realistic as shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't tell that it's been, like... You can't tell if it's CGI or not. Like, they're hyper-realistic. Yeah. But 
like even he explained, like even these ten seconds to do, it bottlenecks my computer and it takes me like eight plus hours of rendering just for that ten fucking seconds. And in order to have the manpower and the technology to do that, there's only a few places that can. Mainly being major motion picture movie right. studios, both people with their phones, they just edit down then release, and it still looks great. Right. So, you know, th- there's another. Um, I guess you could actually call it a found footage movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different spin. It's more of a found footage as a new age. Not like somebody went out and found a fucking you know camera in the woods, or they didn't find a, uh, or they didn't find a uh, you know flash drive sitting in the middle of the road or some shit like that. Yeah. It- it's more or less. Um, it's a movie called Spree. And, and it's about a, a social media influencer going on a murdering rampage, but while live, but live oh, filming. Yeah, it. yeah. And that's technically considered a found footage movie because it's literally one fucking angle, one shot, almost the entire damn movie, and it, you can tell it's from a cell phone. Oh yeah, <clears throat> which it's it's fantastically done. But then, well, then that he's got a, he's got a camera at each point in his car, like at the front, back. And yeah, the yeah, yeah. He's a he's like a Lyft driver or something. Well, in their in their realm, it's called spree, right? And then he he he'd kill them in their car with like poison or just different methods and whatnot. Only the assholes, though, right? Well, it, it was pretty much everybody to get uh, to get views to to get internet clout. Oh, and yeah. I, I'm sitting over here like internet clout don't mean shit anymore, guys. Like <laughs> people are starting to realize the internet clout is just wanting random strangers you know to like you and i don't give a fuck about that <laughs> so you like me or hate me either way you're still listening to my fucking podcast right i mean and, uh, and just like i told candace that's the actually that's the exact reason why i won't get an elect and and uh an alexis yeah from fucking from uh from amazon because I'm not a terrorist, but I say some pretty terroristic shit in my house. <laughs> so it's like, man, somebody should just bomb the U.S. <laughs> it's just, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> yeah, Alexa over here, the narc, the 2020 narc of the world here. It is. <laughs> I mean, and people are like, I don't want to be recorded. I don't like, all right, then take your phone, put it in the microwave, and walk the fuck away from it. Because that's recording you. Oh, yeah. It is. If you don't believe me, talk about dog food and purely dog food for the next month. You'll start getting ads on your phone for it. Oh no! I already see. I've already seen that. I'll talk about something, and then I'll turn on YouTube, and there it'll be. Yep. I'm like, damn, y'all motherfuckers be listening. <laughs> like, man, why can't I find a girl like you? Oh yeah. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to found footage. Man. Yeah, yeah. Well, we uh, we we here at Smoker Lounge Productions always go left field in every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's a staple in our community, but it's very true. You listen to any of my any of my episodes. Um, I think I have one episode where I stayed on topic the entire time. Oh yeah, I feel it. And that was a that was a conspiracy theories with a good friend of mine named Chris. That's the best part of it, though. I mean, if you got your own podcast and your own place like this to, you know, build a voice, your opinion out there, and people listen. Why stay on one topic? Because not everybody likes that. But if you can just go off topic, do it. Oh, mainly people listen to see how far left field I'll actually get. And sometimes I go pretty damn far left field, but then I have to work it back to what the originally we were talking about instead of just cold stopping. And, and just and like now for the ones just joining us. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about whips, chains, whistles, and yo-yos this evening. 
Uh, we we decided to exclude the dildos. There, there's no women here. <laughs> what do you like in the bedroom? <laughs> Me personally, I like the yo-yos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, can we? We can start using toys. So I start driving a Hot Wheel on her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. I've never been so. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been smacked so hard in my life. Oh. You need to stop smoking weed. <laughs> nah. <laughs> you enjoy it. <laughs> Excuse me. Damn. Fact, that juggalo juice coming up, man. <laughs> and it, it it's no uh it's no question that I actually have a bunch of ICP shit hanging up in my studio. Oh yeah. Just because it, it's it, it's more or less uh, nostalgic for me. <clears throat> I feel it. That was a big part of our lives back in the day. Man. Oh yeah, way back in the day, it really was. Like you know, tattoos, living the fucking lifestyle, and oh yeah. Then you realize as you got older, like that that's. <laughs> Fuck, they don't cast a hoodoo verse on me. But, <laughs> but it's as you get older, you realize that the the, the biggest reason why you listen to it is rebellious music. Yeah. Like it was the rebellious thing to do. But now you're older, and you you and the world you know doesn't give a fuck about your rebellion. You you kind of you understand it a little bit more. You don't take it to just that extreme like you used to. It's like okay, they did this for a purpose, and not for like. We all wore the fucking trip pants and had our hair braided oh, and, yeah. and picked random fights with people. Oh, and it, yeah. it was the lifestyle. It all was. All the time. But it's the people that continue that lifestyle that aren't doing so fucking great anymore. You know, everybody everybody gets lost in the whole family thing. It's like, that's why, that's why the FBI labeled it a gang. You know, that's kind of... That's not why I like fell off the scene because I still got the tattoos. And there's some I won't cover up because my Dark Lotus tattoos the shit. Ain't nobody, oh yeah, ain't yeah. nobody's got one like it. And Dark Lotus ain't around, so I'm G as fuck. Fuck y'all, man. You know I, what I'm I got a Dark Lotus <laughs> tattoo as well, but I need to get it covered up because I was drunk as fuck when I did it. So oh, hell no. And so was he. And we did use an old. Uh, it was a old CD player as oh, a needle. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. yeah it, it was janky as oh, fuck. Man. I got I got the Dark Lotus on my wrist and like it's still there. Just one I've got covered up because it was done with a, a toy. Car motor and a guitar string. It's <laughs> like I'm lucky. I just didn't want to be like Hep C from that situation. Oh man, I uh, oh. I actually got a ICP done in Old English on my leg. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to cover that tattoo up because it's done by stick and poke. Oh hell yeah! And always and, keep shit like that. And it was actually done by my cousin Billy. You know, BJ or Blaze or whatever the fuck it was, Spoonie Love, whatever he's called this <laughs> millennium. <laughs> but he did it stick and poke on my leg. Shit took like three fucking hours, and it's very basic. But it, it was one of those like the second he got done, they fixed the gun. Oh yeah, I was like you bitches. It's like yeah, now go <laughs> go over the motherfucker again. Uh, John Carrico tried to go over it, but then the gun jammed in my leg, and I'm like you mm, just stop. Yeah, like, I'm already in enough fucking pain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm done with y'all. My legs all swollen and blue, and I'm like all right. Oh yeah, that was a stupid thing to do. I I, I put a lot of my skin. At the mercy of hatchet mans and oh, I still got mine. Stuff like yeah, that. mine's on my back. Mine mine's on my back shoulder. Mine's still on my back shoulder blade because of Todd, and because I drew the hatchet man, and it's shitty. Like it's no, it's no, uh, it's absolutely no bashing on his work because Todd does fantastic work. <laughs> but it's a, uh, I drew it and he tattooed it. Right. <laughs> so I feel that, man. and I can't draw. <laughs> I drew a stick figure hatchet man. I'm being dead serious. I have a stick figure hatchet man on my back. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. And I'm not getting rid of it because it's very unique. Nobody else has one. 
And I shit you not, while I'm, after I got done and he, you know, he cleared it up for me and smacked it and whatnot, because, you know, Todd's also an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, my best friends love him to death, but you're an asshole still, buddy. Um, but uh, after he, after that, he had a dude walk in, see it was done on me, still saw the parchment paper stolen, because, man, I want that done on me, too. Todd goes, no, that's a custom piece. I don't do custom pieces. Right. He goes, I give you $300 for it. And Todd goes, looks at me. And I went, that's $300, bro. Take it. <laughs> like, <right. laughs> Todd goes, no, nah, I can't do that to you. I can't do that to you. And I'm like, fuck the whole family thing, man. That's 300 bucks. You just had a kid. Do it. <laughs> Get your that. fucking paper, man. Damn. <clears throat> like, I appreciate the fact that he took a custom, <laughs> yeah. custom, I'm doing air quotes here, custom piece of artwork and didn't put it on somebody else. But oh, yeah. I didn't care if it was or not. In fact, I'd be flattered. I was like. Bitch, I drew that. We had a lot of people in our lives from back in the day, and everybody kind of split off and did their own little thing. And I got still nothing but love for them. They went through hard points, and there's a lot of people feel the way they feel about me, dude. I really just, uh, I really just plain don't care because. Come, Bitch! Come meet me now. I'm a completely different person. Just like you. Oh, yeah. 100% different. It's growing up and making, and it's growing up and just realizing that any beef you really had with anybody in the past, it should have been dealt with. Then, if not, just shut up. Yeah, and it's not even that big a deal anymore. No. It's like it mainly, and I, I will say this out loud because I, I, I am guilty of it as well. Mainly, it was just hearsay beef. Oh yeah, it was just like one person heard it from another, heard it from another, heard it from a fucking another, and then you know shit gets out, and then it's the last person who said something. Is the one that gets blamed for all of it. And, you know, it's one of those, like, uh, <clears throat> I've learned my lesson and just, you know, hey, it's not, you know, it, it's all hearsay shit. Unless I see somebody doing the wrongdoings I say they're doing, I don't say shit because it's, it's not a problem. Right. It's not an issue if it, it doesn't impact my life. You know, no. And I start living by a code. I don't give a fuck how shitty of a person you are to everybody else. If you haven't wronged me... Just treat me right. Yeah, if you haven't wronged me, I'll be your biggest fucking ally. Right. But if you have wronged me, then I can easily forget about you. I feel that. You know, and, and forgetting about somebody and not, not playing into their bullshit... That's hard sometimes. It, it, it is. It's it, hard sometimes because it's like, man, you just want to... You just want to piss them off, and you just want to rub it in their face that you you're got, you know. But the thing is, the sweet revenge you get at the end of the day is knowing that you have stepped above that shit, and you ain't letting what they did get to you. Yeah, you just go on about your life. Yeah, it, it, show that it doesn't affect you, like whatsoever. Like as long as it doesn't affect you, then you know it. it that that's what hits them the hardest. Yeah. Because knowing that, it's not knowing that, oh, they've won. It's it's not some sort of, like, archaic battle. It's more or less like, um, like, well, fuck. I thought I was a big part of their life. I thought what I was going to do was going to hurt them. Yeah. But they easily walked through it. Like, then it's like, hey, I'm not, maybe I wasn't that much part of their life. And everything that they've done kind of gets reversed back onto them. By their own omission, of course. Yeah. You just yeah. kind of got to let people dig their own holes. At the end of the day, if they don't find friends and, you know, relationships like that important, then they ain't worth having around. 
They're really not. I mean, you know, fuck, you've met my mother. Um, so, home life, family life kind of thing, I've never really been like... I wouldn't say it was necessarily a bad one, because it really wasn't. Like, as a point of, you know, I never starved or anything like that. Or you know, never went without clothes or anything. But it was one of those, uh, more like mentally taxing. Mm-hmm. You know... You know, being told I'm never going to do anything and being told I'm, you know, uh, I'm too fat, I'm too this and everything else. And you, and, but then they'll blow up, say some really mean shit, and then go out and buy me a PS2. Right. To make up for it. And I'm like, that's that, how my parents was too, man. It's like, that, that doesn't make up for it. I mean, no. like, th- I think the realest saying I've ever, I've ever read was, you know, <clears throat> the tree remembers what the axe forgets. Yeah. So. And you know, even as an adult, you know, if I go over there and talk to them about it, they deny everything. Oh, that never happened. It's like, oh, that, that never happened. They, they don't want to say, hey, we fucked up on being parents, you know. But it to this day, like, as an adult, I talk to them like they're adults instead of mom and dad now. Yeah. And they understand that. I think it was more of mine that I realized that it wasn't as much as my parents fucked up being parents. That it was... My parents didn't know how to raise a kid in the times that I was growing up in. You know, I was made fun of for being fat, for being weird, the music I listened to. I mean, I grew up over in Centerville, dude. I was the only person like me to a point over there. And, uh, you know, ridicule can really put you in a spot where you don't ever want to do anything. And that ridicule comes from home, too, because most of our parents would just rub some dirt in and get the fuck over it. But, oh, yeah. You know, not not everybody responds to that the same way. So, I mean, I, know, I, I don't give my parents as much shit as I give, you know, the generation I grew up with. You know, you can't be everybody's friend. and. But you at least have to have to apply civilly to them. Like, in my opinion, like, the whole bullying thing, like, <clears throat> like at least the truth is here in Richmond for this one is that, you know, the, the old saying, you bullies are like balloons, you one good pop and they're gone forever. Um, that kind of logic didn't actually follow. No. Like, they're, like in fucking high school, when I finally snapped and, you know, beat the shit out of a football player, um, it was like I unlocked the next level of bullying. <laughs> so, right. it's like, now they can't fuck with me. But the ones fucking with them are going to now. Yeah. And it was more or less like, it, it was more or less like, the bullying never stopped. And I never stopped fighting. Right. I mean, fuck, you know, you know, we've been cool since back in the day then. Like, fuck, how many times I fight somebody? Right. Like, every fucking night. You know, and that impartial was due to my temper as well. I could have easily just been like, yeah, whatever, fuck off. But... One thing that always got me was getting jumped. Like, I fucking hated getting jumped. Yeah, that was always some bullshit. And that's always by them fucking militant straight-edge kids. That happened a couple. Well, that happened like one time to me. The rest of it was just other people. And it was like two or three of them people I grew up with that, you know, I don't know. I was taught at a young age, don't... uh, don't flip out and fight to stick up for yourself. Just keep letting them get bullied in the school, put them in trouble, and it's like, cool, so I get to go be a fucking pussy. But up until that point, I got in fights all the time, and I just stopped as I got a little bit into high school, and people just walked right over me. And so now, 
I'm just like, dude, I'm, I'll just climb up your spine and eat your fucking face right now. That's just how I feel about most people. Like, if you have something to say... Yeah, you, then you, say you it. You better be fucking ready to say it because yeah, I'm it, sick it, of this. It, it. I'm sick of this back talk. I'm sick of motherfuckers running around like, man. Uh, people call people uh, go around thinking that I'm some junkie or something. I was like, I ain't got no holes in my arms, and that uh, I did all kinds of bad shit. And I'm like, man, the bad shit that you speak of, if I really did it, I should be in prison for most of it, right? That, that's that's the logic. Yeah, yeah. Using. That that there should be so, a record. Why the fuck am I out here just walking around, on you know, undaunted? Oh man, like and that and honestly, that's why I said you know I was part of that like, you know, hearsay hearsay shit for when I was younger, obviously, and like one of the biggest rumors I actually heard about you came from, and I should have fucking known, but then again, I was a kid, so you know, it actually came from a, a certain gentleman that you and I both know. Yeah. Um, he he's a wild man, just to say, just to kind of get on the right oh yeah i know what we're talking about yeah and you ain't gotta give him fame on here you just gotta say exactly what he said i'll know who the fuck said oh yeah he he (laughs) told everybody that you were strong out in heroin (laughs) it's funny that he was the one actually doing that yeah and obviously i didn't fucking know back then i was like 19 come on (laughs) i I really kind of was though like i was doing i was doing oxycontin and i was doing heroin and i was shooting it up i was doing dumb shit but you know what, man? Richmond, Indiana eats you alive. And if you aren't ready oh, for yeah. it, that should happen. So, But, you know, it's one thing for you to do it recreationally, and then it becomes a problem. It became a problem for a little bit for me. But at least I wasn't out, like, robbing people, you know. That... Yeah, but the, thing, but, the, but the conviction is that you got clean off of it. Yeah. I, remember, I remember we actually had beef there for... I believe like a microsecond, honestly. Yeah, and I don't even know what that would have even been over. Well, think... it was um, it was Brittany actually was oh yeah was, uh, partying bullshitting with with me and Ronnie. Oh yeah, and she asked about you, and I was like, well, to my recollection, that's the last time I heard anything about you because we had fallen off from hanging out for like two or three years to that. Yeah, point. and I, when I met her, I had just gotten clean, and I made that clear, and it was like, I think I let it get to me. Now I think getting sober, you have a lot of ups and downs with your personality. And even when somebody that you used to love and care about says something, it just hits you the wrong way, and it makes you freak out. But now, it's one I'm of those just like okay, like, yeah, I, I knew like I was all fucked up for a while, and then I got clean, and I met Brittany. And we had kids. I got I got no hate for anybody. It was one of those, um, it came to a boiling point when I saw you. The next time I saw you was actually um, out of the outlet. Yeah. Remember that fucking place. And uh, I was doing security out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you cold-shouldered me. And I'm like, what the fuck is this problem? And then we talked it out. And to my recollection, I didn't say, no, 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 I didn't say any of that. I flat out says, like, look, that was the last time I heard anything about you. Yeah, man. And that and and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't no big thing when I seen you then. And it wasn't a cold shoulder. It was more of a... You know, these guys got this impression of being stood. So until we get on the topic, it's going to be... Until we get on the topic that I want to talk about, and that's that's smoothing shit out, I wasn't going to talk about nothing else. And I was fitting this cold shoulder. And, and then we, we start we, talking about it, and it's like me and Fred started talking again, too. Yeah. Because and, me and Fred had a, had a little distance in between us at the time. But, 
You know, like I said, I ain't got no hate for nobody. And there's people got hate out there for me and hold it for me. But it's like, man, you're holding it over what? What are you holding it over? Yeah, and then, then that was our smoothing it out was because I did explain that. Yeah. That's the last time I heard anything about you. And I was just trying that's to be probably, honest with her. That's probably the realest. That's probably the the most realest rumor that there ever was about me was that I was strung out that at that one point in time. That was actually real. But there's other shit that floats around that... I mean, this just ain't fucking real at all. <laughs> I kind of laugh about it, but oh man, I, I'm I'm checking off peg marks on on my shit. <laughs> like, like by account of certain people, I am a uh, heroin dealer. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. To, to fucking totally. <laughs> I fucking feel it, dude. Oh yeah, I'm a heroin dealer, and I actually I did put that rumor to fucking rest really fast because. That can get you. I can get you yeah, that, up in that, some shit. Yeah, that, that can get me into some fucking trouble. But I mean, people call DCS over fucking stupider shit than that, and it's like, really? Have you met me? Yeah, it's a, uh, I, I'm a. I have a phobia against syringe needles. Like, no, I don't even want to be near shit that goes in them. Like, I look at penicillin and start shaking. Like, I don't want to be fucking near it. Like, no, no, thank you. Usually, by the time I'm looking at penicillin, I am shaking because I'm so fucking sick. Because I hold out getting shots, man. I don't mind getting tattoos. I'll get it all over my face and shit. But man, there's shots. I don't, no, 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 you thank you. Stay the fuck away from me. That and catheters and wieners. You can stay the fuck away from. Me. Put me to sleep first. So then you gotta deal with the needle then you gotta have me asleep to put catheter in well, fuck with me i might be all laying in yeah. hospital you're laying in the hospital but you're gonna take advantage of me sir man if it actually uh, tells you anything how long the gap was between us hanging out again was that um i lived across the parking lot from Brittany. yeah and i actually watched your kids a couple times yeah. like they you know they came over to play with my kids and then you know i realized i knew Brittany because fuck you know i hadn't seen her in no, well, since your kids, you know, how old yeah. they were at the time. So, like, yeah. I haven't seen her. And she told me who who you were. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Y'all did get together. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, well, fuck. I've been watching Josh's kids a couple times. Yeah. And they were sweethearts. They never well, disrespect. Yeah, kids. they're good kids. They're great kids. And then, you know, Brittany would watch my kids every once in a while. And I'm like, cool. Oh, yeah. You know, and we pay her. You know, we wouldn't, we'd pay her something. You know, we were broke living in section fucking eight housing, but we'd pay her something. You know, that was back in the day of. You know, back when you had to fight for, you know, $15 an hour. Oh, yeah. And now it's just fucking everywhere that you look. Yeah. Like, I remember having to fight for a... Uh... Tells you how old I am. Uh, my first actual, like, government paid job was six sixty an hour. Yeah. Yeah, way back when. And then, you know, I worked here for, fuck, like 10 years. And I actually end up buying into it, mm-hmm. the latter four half, four years half of it, and becoming an owner of it. But it was one of those like more of a, uh, more of a financial owner, more than a uh, controlled owner. Right. Like if I would have done, if we would have done shit my way a little bit better, would have had more of a better system. Right. But then, I noticed that we were making money. We were, you know, we were, we were making money just fine. But I was still only getting paid a hundred bucks a week. Yeah. And I was putting in 70 hours. And so it's like, damn, guys, you know, you can pay me more than this. I know you can. I control the books every night. Right. You know, I know our profits. I know I know our P&Ls. I know what we need to restock on. I know our overhead on it. Like, we're not hemorrhaging money whatsoever. Right. But it was just one of those, like, I started thinking about it. I was like, you know what? A, a minimum wage job would pay me more. 
Yeah. And it did. Like, and that that's ultimately why I left. I got another job. And when I left, um, this place didn't last another year. And yeah. I, I hate saying that because it was a lucrative business, but without me running the shit, they didn't want to run it anymore. Yeah. And so they just decided to close the doors on it. And it wasn't anything like we were like losing business or anything like that. It was just, we, you know, they lost interest. Yeah. You know, it, it was, it, it was a decent business. We, we had our ups and downs. And we made a good profit off of it, but it was at the same time, it was, you know, you can only run a bait shop for so fucking long before it just, there's nothing to it. There's like nothing, oh, yeah. there's fucking nothing to expand on, you know? Right. Live bait, not live bait, you know? Rods and reels are over there, some gear over there, have fun, I guys. I was wondering about, like, the licenses to sell ammunition and hunting licenses and stuff. Oh, we here. actually did that in our first, uh, if you remember correctly, we did that our first couple of years. Yeah. And we sold rifles and uh, we sold rifles and, and 12 gauge slugs and whatnot. But the laws state that you have to have a such and such foot like area. You have to have them behind lock and key. Mm-hmm. You have to have them behind such a lock and key that if it's glass, it has to be bulletproof or shatterproof. And if it's not glass, it has to have bars within two inches of each. So nobody can stick their hand through and grab a gun and pull it through and whatnot. And you have to have a huge-ass security system. And you have to have bars in the windows. I mean, it it got between, like, we'd have to have, like, $25,000 to keep going. And unless we started selling, like, handguns and rifles and absolutely fucking everything, shotguns, you name it, Unless you were willing to buy into the full dealership of selling firearms, yeah, you can't just you can't dabble. Just sell the you can't just dabble and sell ammunition to people coming through. I mean, honestly, how lucrative that would have been just to sell, you know, twelve and twenty gauge slugs and and whatever else you can hunt in yeah. rifle rounds right here, and then these hunters can just stop right by and grab it. You know, grab something to drink. Yeah, and you I know, mean, grab some scent and go on about their day because we yeah. used to yeah we used to check in deer. We used to be a hunting shop as well. But the hunting aspect of it, we had to fall out of it because that was around the uh, 2009-2010 era where they started changing the rules around. Mm-hmm. And that's when, um, th- that's when you know, the economic crash was still like in its midst. Like, we were still down. So we couldn't afford it anymore. Yeah. So we had to just switch straight to just fishing. Yeah. And fit, honestly, we made good profit off of it because, you know, you can, you, you can make good money doing it. Oh, yeah. You can. I, I've done it. And it's not a whole lot of startup, and it's the license is like thirty eight dollars to sell live bait. It's really cheap, you know. You and you get a. I think the licensing is like thirty nine dollars for the vendor's license and nineteen dollars from for the game and state license, and that's good for like two years. Yeah, and you have to have it displayed because if somebody from the game, like if you know DNR came in all the fucking time and wrote down our number and walk away and. And they only did that to, like, us and two other people. Because that, that's how many bait shops are around here. Right. Like, legitimate shops, you well, know. That and, like, small businesses. I feel like some of these government agencies really stick it to the small business owner hard because it's like... Well, they, they do... The, the same rules to the small business apply to the big business. And the big business has the money to back that shit up. Exactly. But the small... Honestly, if they're going to govern smaller businesses, then they need to give smaller businesses better fucking tax breaks. Oh, yeah. Because small businesses pay big business tax breaks. Oh, yeah. That's stupid. That, that you know, a small mom and pop shop can't survive. A brick and mortar shop can't survive anymore. Exactly. And I hate that. Yeah. Because brick and mortar shops, like, even back in the day, even, like, with the digital era and whatnot, it's not the fact that they stayed open. It's the fact that you get that care. 
you get somebody who knows their product that's passionate about it. Yeah. Like and it, and yeah, I buy shit off Amazon all the fucking time, but that's just me knowing the product and purchasing it. Like if I could afford it, and now this is my biggest thing, I'd go to like music pantry or you know guitar center or somewhere someone that's very passionate about audio equipment and yeah. i want them to be like look this is what you want this is what you want but instead i had to go out and talk to audio files yeah so i, I talked to people that didn't work there that, that they're musicians or that they do the same shit i do or right. you know they have an internet radio show or something that you know and so i'd walk in there and tell them and ask them like you know is this a good microphone or is these good chords like what's the best for this what's the best for that and I'd had a lot of trial and error. I mean, a lot of trial and error. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, before I actually built this place and had a good mixer and had a good program and whatnot, I was pretty much using whatever I could get my hands on. And so I'd have, like, absolute junk audio. Like, and I mean junk. You could hear everything behind it. And Everybody's it is, got to you know, start somewhere. And, you see these people that, that instantly get up and run and can start off real fast because they have money back in them. Oh, and, and actually, that's uh, that was a... Uh, that was actually a really big bullet point in one of my podcasts was, um, was, you know, nobody wants to see somebody start from the top. Everybody right. likes that come uping story. Right. Everybody likes that, hey, I'm going to do this. This is a passion. I'm going to keep grinding at it no matter how many times it looks like I should quit. And trust me, as of late, I'd all but quit. Right. I didn't want to put any more money into this place. I didn't want to. And I'm starting to just think more and more about it. And I'm like, you know, I started this years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I've had a lot of a lot of stops and a lot of hiccups that I just persevered through. And really, I was like, what's stopping me now from doing it? And that's what it ultimately boiled down to is me thinking, like, what's actually stopping me from going up there, resetting up the table, rerunning the cords and resetting up everything? Yourself. Like, yeah, it, it was me. It was <laughs> you're your yeah. big, biggest fucking critic, yourself. All oh, the yeah. Time, like, I think my podcast sucks, but... You know what? This is actually something I really enjoy doing is getting behind the microphone. I love having a full panel and listening to other people's uh, other people's views and opinions, especially on life. Like even if it's an opposing view of mine, I want to listen to it. Well, it's on real talk, man. Yeah, it's, it's real talk. And I mean, we were, you know, you can't really give me a theme to stay on topic with because especially after I smoke, because it's just like <laughs> I want to talk about every damn thing that I want to get off my chest. And that's fine. Like, yeah. and, and honestly, it's very therapeutic to do it. Like it is one hundred percent therapeutic to do this because there's something about there's something about projecting your feelings out to the world, but without the world watching you. It's like okay, I'm going, to, I'm not going to post this personally, but I'm going to post it. Somebody else is going to do it for me. Right. That is a very therapeutic thing to do. <clears throat> and you know, and a lot of people are just like, well, why do men always start a podcast instead of going to therapy? Well. There, let's put it this way: You can start up a decent podcast with decent equipment for about five hundred bucks. I say five hundred because most people are like, well, you can. Uh, there's actually a kit you can get for a hundred and fifty. Yeah, like, yeah, but uh, I'd say five hundred. Get yourself a good couple microphones and and you know plot out a little bit more because it's more than just getting a microphone, a mixer, and a computer. It's way more than that. Oh, like yeah. you can boil it down to that, but it, it's way more. If it grows, you're going to need to grow with it. Oh yeah. And so that's $500. Yeah. Therapy is going to charge me $500 per visit and they're going to fix me in one fucking visit. Right. <laughs> I'm way too fucked up for that. Yeah, I'm going to spend a hell of a lot more money doing in therapy, honestly, to right. talk. And, you know, not to say that, you know, mental health isn't a thing because it is like, trust me, I'm a huge advocate for it. 
like if somebody's having you know bad bipolar depression mantic anything it's important to know that you know me being a sufferer of it myself it's been it's important to keep in mind that there are people out there suffering along with you oh yeah and that you really need to talk to them <clears throat> yeah i uh, know yeah uh you know suicide hotlines i'll have any pulled up right in front of me they're always an important thing i always tell you you know it's you call one and you don't think it's going to help but you know, maybe maybe you're that maybe you're that disposition. You know, maybe I, I've called. It doesn't really help. It's just somebody telling you how good of a person. And I was like, no, my self image is shit. Nothing you say is going to change that. Okay, <laughs> but for other people that do have some self image, it's like they're too self centered to commit suicide, so they call a suicide hotline. I feel that if you need that, it's there for that reason. Oh, yeah. You need to have somebody talk you out of that. That's a bad decision. I had, I dude, I had a little binge this last summer, and I ended up calling the police on myself. And I said, "Just send an ambulance." I'm sitting here, I got a gun to my head, so you don't show up. And at first, they started giggling, and I was like, "So you want to come clean up this blood sp- this blood splatter from my living room, basically?" Yeah, and that's, and that's what I hate so much is because like, there's that old adage: if they say they're gonna do it, then they're not gonna do it. Right. Not all the time is not that all true. The time. Like, not all the time. And the fact of the matter is that, you know, some people say they're going to do it because they want somebody to stop them because they cannot stop themselves. Yeah. And, and you get made fun of for that saying you're a pussy, but it's like, why are you a pussy? Because you won't kill yourself. It's like, I can't. But at the same time, some people are just like that. They're wired like that. Everybody's different. And you can't expect everybody to feel the same way about everything. So, you know, I'm one of those guys, you know, I'm, I know I'm suicidal. I have suicidal thoughts. Yeah. I've come to, like, that's sometimes how I fall asleep at night. And it's weirdly comforting. (laughs) Sometimes. It's like, hmm, I could end myself, but then who's going to tell my dogs I'm dead? You know? (laughs) They just just plain won't understand. (laughs) But it's, uh, it's more or less this, that once becomes ideations... That's when you got to really worry about it. Suicidal thoughts, I have. If I start doing the ideations, yeah, I don't tell a single fucking soul I'm doing it because in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to be stopped. Yeah. It, but I, it's like my mind is like 50-50. It's like one side of me is like, you know, go out to Menards, measure out the rope, and you know, yeah, and, and, and you yeah. know, see how and see how sturdy that tree limb is, and hang some rocks from it, or you yeah. know, do a pull up on it and see if test you know, it out just a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Or like, Make hey, sure that, that motherfucker's not gonna break on me. Yeah, like you know, that basketball goal's you know old as fuck, but you can still use it, and you know, it's all that. Like once I start having the ideations and planning it out, the other half of my brain is just like, you should probably fucking talk to somebody, <laughs> like. Like you, you, you should probably you know say something because I grew up in the uh, don't talk about your feelings household. Like your feelings weren't real, kind same, of thing. Same. Like same. you can't sit there and look at your you know parents. I'm suicidal. Then they're just like, oh, well, then deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna lock you up in a nut house. Yeah, and I'm like, sometimes that works. Sometimes you just need that. But I'm more pissed off at Reed because I walked in drunk as fuck and said I was gonna kill myself, and all they did was pump my stomach and send me home. Yeah. I was like, you bastards. <laughs> Like, I'm going to kill myself and your property just to prove a point now. I don't think that... I. That's the thing is that when you go and you become a healthcare worker, you, you probably don't have to take sociology and psychology. If you do, it's probably one of those basic coverage things that just make sure you know a little bit because a lot of the people in the ER at Reed don't know how to respond to 
mental illness and a manic depressive episode. Yeah, they don't. They just kind of sit there and giggle about it. And it's like, it really ain't funny because if I had something sharp, I'd probably try to like stab myself or something. And that's a, it's a really weird feeling to have. And honestly, a lot of these, uh, like, I'm not saying like all doctors and nurses are the fucking same because they're not. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of them, they've seen it so much that that 80% of the time it's just, it's a fake. It's a fluke. They want the attention. Right. So they're really numb to that situation mm-hmm. because so many people claim mental health, mental illness, but they're claiming the wrong type. <clears throat> See, like people that like, Oh, are constantly like, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. And they never do. And they just want the attention. That's a different type of mental illness. Yeah. That's narcissism at, at, at a certain level. And you need to, you know, kind of coax why you're you doing still that. still need to get seen about that. Yeah. Like, like you're an, a- you're an asshole, but I want you to feel better. We need to get to the core of why you're an asshole. Believe me, I've been there. And honestly, like that's uh, that that's why I'm kind of like walking through this redemption road in my life because I'm. It took me, you know, years to just sit down and ask the ultimate question: Who the fuck am I? You know, what the fuck do I like? And then ultimately, I decided, you know, like you know what, I like, I know what I like, and I'm not gonna. I'm not going to let that dictate like fashion or anything else or anybody in the public eye. Right. I really don't give a shit anymore. It's like, look, I love horror movies. I fucking love them. That's a big part of my life. Oh yeah. Like that, that, that was my escape from everything. Like I love old hammer films, everything, you name it. And I'm, I'm a big cinephile, but yeah, you, you tell that to people and you're like, man, I love horror movies. And they're like, Oh, so you're Gothic. Like, no, I'm not. And it's that whole putting labels on shit. Yeah. It's like, you really can't do that with me. Like, and you know, people put labels on something due to their, like their, their style, not their personality. Like I don't dress like a goth. I'm fucking wearing a Rick and Morty shirt for God's sakes. Well, you know, all growing up, you know, growing up with, uh, other people around you that went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday night, you know, all that fun stuff. They're taught to, you know, really dislike different people. If they're different, they're bad. Oh yeah, like like, it's not being like so much being different, but it's like so much being like being outspoken. Yeah, it's that outspokenness. It's that it's that not having the fear of what everybody else thinks. They don't. They want to be able to control you, and they can't. No, when you're outspoken, you feel your own way about things. They can't. They can't push beliefs on you if your beliefs are already made up like you're telling me i can't believe in bigfoot and werewolves and trolls and demons and goblins but i have to believe in some jewish guy up in the sky that says i go to heaven when i die don't do that (laughs) that's mean that's mean because i still believe in i believe in all that weird shit i'll even buy i'll even buy the jewish guy in the sky if you just don't tell me i'm full of shit for believing in vampires and werewolves and shit like that well it's it's actually this um like i believe in no religion like religion was a way to instill morals on an otherwise moralist society it control yeah back in the back in a period of time to where you know there wasn't if you were a scientist you were a fucking witch you know <laughs> or you're a warlock or you and you got and you got killed so yeah. like it, it, so huh. like just like looking back at those times i'm like okay well i i don't have a really belief in god and that's fine but i'll never sit here and tell somebody like you're wrong for believing him or you believe in you know santa claus or whatever um 
you know, I'll make I'll make my fun like the invisible sky daddy joke. Like I'll, I'll make my. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hell yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> it's like go pray to your sky daddy. <laughs> Oh man, I, I've gotten weird with that joke too. Like, start doing anime eyes on it and shit. But and it's um, but I like I'll bash it to that extent. But I also bash myself. Like, what I tell everybody is like, I don't care what you believe in as long as it makes you a good person. Like, if your religion is you know Christianity or if your religion is Judaism or or, or just whatever what have you, then cool. If that makes you a good person, like I'm not dumb to your religion either. Right. I'm not ignorant to, you know, what you believe in. I'm actually very respectful because I do have family and friends that are, you know, hardcore believe in um, fucking, you know, the Quran or the Quran. Yeah. You know, I do get, I have, you know, pretty hardcore Jewish friends that even, you know, even some more unorthodox Jewish friends. You know, I have my hardcore Christian friends. I have Mormon friends for God's sakes. Yeah. But I respect what the religion is about because I, I'm not ignorant to it. Yeah, like, I learned about their religion. It's not like I picked up a textbook and read about it. I spoke to them about it. Some like, people, tell me about this religion. You it's know about your spirituality. And yeah. If that religion helps you find that spirituality, I'm happy for you. But then when it comes down to the point where you're telling me that I have to feel a certain way because you feel this way, no. I'm glad you believe that, but I'm allowed to believe what I want to believe. Yeah, it, it's the uh, it's the old adage: if you see a, a little kid fall and bust their ass in the playground, yeah, you know, one person's gonna laugh, one person's gonna run and help. You know, I, I'm the I'm I'm the laughing guy because <laughs> that's funny as shit. <laughs> but you can't get mad at me for laughing about it because exactly. it's not something to laugh about. Like, well, I disagree, but okay, <laughs> I think it's funny. Like, I still care about them, but that was funny as shit. <laughs> like. You see that? You see how much shit he just ate? That's great. Now come on, get up. I'll buy you a popsicle. <laughs> well, the people that the people that have I, I I don't wasn't sure if you want to get political on this, but I want to get fucking political oh. just a tad, a little bit. Oh no, just get a little political. It's okay, fine. Okay, so everybody says that you you give up the right to bitch if you don't vote. That's I've, not true. I've never voted in my life. Neither have I. And it's like every time I'm faced with a decision to vote, I'm like I'm looking at. The, I always find the negatives in people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this, I've lost friends over it and it's really funny because I posted this meme and it said, it had a bunch of the, had a bunch of the like hardcore right guys, you know, Trump supporters out there and their tack gear in front front of all these government buildings. And it says, yeah, uh, beating people with the, uh, I stand for the blue flags. Yes. I've seen it. And then they, (laughs) I'm like, I I love your commitment to the irony on this one. (laughs) The meme, the meme even says guys like this are going to be crying for the next four years. And man, I had one of my fr- one guy that I was friends would just get, I mean, ten years. Irate. Of, ten years of friends just got irate, and I'm like, well, look here. I laugh when it was the I laugh when it was the left side yeah. doing that same shit. Yeah. Because believe me, I think it's funny that y'all are going so fucking crazy over some guy that don't don't even know you exist. Uh huh. Like, why are y'all letting it control your life? Like, why are you losing friends over some old guy that's out playing golf, sipping scotch with a bunch of transvestite hookers, probably? <laughs> what the fuck does he... He just signed... Big Daddy Biden just signed a check for all of us. That's all that was. And this is like Trump mm-hmm. did. Obama did it. They all did it. And that's what... It was the money game. It's like, which... 
which parent can get you the best shit? Yeah. It's, <laughs> Let's divide this they, country. Cause they've they smacked try- you. They've smacked you. Now, here's a stimulus check. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, sorry uh, sorry for the millions of jobs lost, but hey, here's 1200 oh, bucks. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. <laughs> uh, like I'm not like I, I, I'm still a shameless slut. I'm taking the money. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's one of those like a like what like on the course of political like that. Like I'm neither. Like I'm neither side because they're not looking out for our best interest. No, no, no. They're looking they, out for them. Yeah, exactly. They're looking out for their clout, not mine. And personally, I'm like, you know, if they just come out and say it, I would not hate them. Right. It's they come out like I'm here to run this country because I think I'm the best fit for it. Right. Not because you think I am. Right. You know, this isn't a popularity contest. I spent eight years in fucking college and 20 years on the fucking Senate just to get to this position. I deserve it. You guys don't. Right. And I'm like, if you just say it like, that, yeah, I'm if they like, say it like that, right, I'm like, all right, cool. You like, all right, you, 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 you good guy. You yeah. good guy. All right. But like, see, I'm part of the 4% of the population that believes that once a politician gets to a certain level in politics, they got to go. Well, no, they, they <laughs> have their skin carved off and their entrails and everything taken out, and they get inhabited by like a green demon reptile creature. Oh, and you're that's a who runs yeah. our country. <laughs> oh, you're a reptilist. Oh, yes, they run our fucking. I country. fucking love them. Oh, oh my god, that, that's a, it's to me that's a feasible because where did all where did all where did all the demons and all the bad shit go that were written in actual legit history books that you see. In videos and shit all over the internet, like there's shit still out there. I think I think the lizard creatures kind of took over. And said, no, <laughs> we're gonna banish you all to an underworld. You can't come out. If we catch you out, we'll have you killed. You know, like uh, oh no, man, I fucking love the lizard creature conspiracy theory. It's conspiracy theory. Like I love reading into it, and it's not. It's one of those things I don't believe in personally myself, but. Uh, once again, I'm not dumb in it. Like I fucking love talking about it. And I, a big part of me wants to believe oh, yeah. so bad, but like the logic part of me is like, you know, that's bullshit, right? And I'm like, <laughs> shut up, logic <laughs> part. Could be, but, you know. <laughs> shut up, logic parts. Quit being smart. You know? <laughs> I guess I, I guess I, I guess I believe that. Just like I believe in vampires and shit like that, because well, vampires are real. If if it happened to come out. That I was right. I'm not going to be as freaked out. I'm like, I fucking told you. <laughs> like, look, he's an iguana. I fucking knew it. Like, I fucking knew it. Like, I knew it this entire time. Like, yeah, he kept yeah. licking his own eyeball. Like, oh, right, y'all right, didn't right. think that was weird? I don't know how he got it up that tongue that long, but yeah, I mean, I knew it. Like, I know his wife smiled all pretty at him after he did that. I think she's a human. Oh, right. <laughs> she just wants them scaly loves, you know? Oh, man. No, it's a. Uh, no, I like I love arguing like the moon landing conspiracy. Oh yeah, but but crank that shit up an extra notch. Oh yeah, like you want to out conspiracy theorist? Uh, like I love reading into it. And I I love it because it's good material. They actually did go there. I, I believe they actually flew up. To, I, sometimes I catch myself thinking because it's like the technology at the time couldn't have been all that great. So kind of it's got me reser- reserved on that. But I think if we actually did go up there, we encountered some form of extraterrestrial life from the moon. They said, uh, don't fucking come here anymore. Don't go any farther. We're just going to shoot <laughs> the fuck out of the sky. Well, actually, um, uh, not Buzz Aldrin, not, not fucking Lance, or not Neil Armstrong. Um, God, the other, the, the other crewmate that was on there <clears throat> actually looked at Neil Armstrong and said, your first words should be, 
it's beautiful. Oh my God, what's that? Oh my God, what's that? And then cut your microphone off. <laughs> like the first words originally scripted out were a fucking joke. Like it was like it wasn't like like the entire world was listening, you know, for that one iconic saying. And no, he he could have just and if he didn't decide to not do that, we would have landed on the moon to a fucking joke. Like to a troll. To a true troll. To a real troll. To, to, exactly, yeah. yeah, and I'm like Fuck! Why don't we do that? <laughs> That'd have been so much funnier oh, to say. But the moon land, the moon landing itself, like, it's not hard for me to believe. But my question is, like, why haven't we gotten any further? Do you need a lighter? I have. Yeah, a lighter this fucking for you. lighter sucks. You can always trust a big until they run out, and they suck too. But um, thank you. I guess I can believe the the. Uh, you know, the moon landing to a point, but I also throw my own little conspiracy sprinkle on it about the aliens and stuff, and hell, that, that moon could be a once-inhabited planet, and we're just kind of mm-hmm. using it for whatever we need it for. Well, it, it's, uh, like, I like cranking it up an extra notch. Go ahead. I want to hear this. Like, like you got a, like you got a free 38 minutes, crank it up an extra notch. Somebody's like, oh, you believe in the moon landing? Look at them and go, you still believe in the moon? <laughs> <laughs> And then when they questioned you about it, I've already thought, like, don't you notice that the three pyramids of Giza, whenever they hurt, hit a certain nautical star pattern, it shines really bright? Oh, yeah. Like, what makes you think that that's not projecting the moon all the time? Yeah. Onto certain parts of the world. They're, you know, they're the most mysterious, you know, and I start saying that to a bunch of, like, can you travel to the very top of the Empire State Building? No. Can you travel to the top of this building? No. Which is true, but it obvious for obvious fucking reasons why it's true. You know, like, you just can't go up there. But it's like, they won't let you go onto the top of these all, a lot of these skyscrapers because they're all holograms projecting an image to the moon and the sky. <laughs> I was like, don't you think it's kind of funny that oh, they can tell no. you what day, even on a fucking written calendar, like... When there's, it's going to be a half moon, full moon, quarter moon, half chub, full chub, it doesn't fucking matter, <laughs> or a full moon, or no moon, or a new moon, but they can't predict the fucking weather. Right. <clears throat> but they can. But they know what the moon's doing. Right, exactly. <laughs> Maybe that was all part of not going back. Like, like the aliens are like, we'll give you full access to whatever the fuck the moon's doing on your planet at this point in time. Just do not come the fuck back. We're masturbating up here. Oh, shit, the bed of Scientology was right. <laughs> like, well, damn. <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard was fucking... What? Well, no, it wasn't Ron Hubbard. Wait, was it Ron Hubbard? I have no clue. I thought it was L. Ron Hubbard that wrote the book of Scientology. He also wrote fucking... Uh, uh, fucking uh, Battlefield Earth, too, so... Be careful. We can't say nothing about Scientology that comes to that door and mark us the fuck off. Oh, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on down to my property. I right. fucking dare you. Now keep that thing on us. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I wouldn't even shoot you. I'm going to come out butt naked and take two Viagra with no water. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Hope you come through a window. Poke you in the eye. <laughs> You're going to be standing there with me naked, covered in war paint with a raging boner. You don't know what's going to happen next. It's oh, about yeah. to get weird. <laughs> yes. You're going to catch an assault charge out of that, too. A sexual assault charge out of a regular assault charge, too. Yes! It's like, fuck, if I got one charge, might as well get them all. Yes. Just like the old saying, one or one million sins, you're still going to hell, according to the Bible, so why not <laughs> So why not, So why why not? not send your ass off and go down a legend? You know? <laughs> I think the government has their hands in a lot of shit, and that, you know, 
I don't know about you, but if I'm out walking in the woods, I, I kind of keep I, I keep a gun on me. I because, do. Oh, yeah. You know, especially walking around in Tweakerville here, you, you run into, you're out in the woods, people living out there in encampments and shit, cooking, shaking bake. Yep. And, you know, you never know. But at the same time. You see them shaking a Gatorade bottle, you know exactly what that's all about. Exactly. <laughs> they scaled up. They got to have more space without a Mountain Dew bottle. But anyways, I'm that, I'm that dumb white trash hillbilly that gets an encounter with Bigfoot and smokes it and kills it. Like, yes, I proved it. I proved the missing link is real. It's dead. Everybody be so pissed at me, though. I'm yeah, like, they would. Like, why didn't you Why t- did you kill it? Because I'm not going to try to wrestle it. I'm not- <laughs> that motherfucker's eight foot tall and got me by 350 pounds. I ain't yes. touching it. I don't know what its life is like. <laughs> I don't know if its response to, hey, that's a hairless, you know, my version. It's a youngling. Time to make it a... Humanling, like I don't want to take it home and be calling it daddy at the end of the night. Oh, no, like, I'm gonna shoot it. I'm gonna shoot the fuck out of it. No, I agree with that. You know, like werewolf, <laughs> werewolves, or or the rake. The rake. That's been a new that's, one. That's been I a love new reading one. about the rake. That's been a new one that's really got me. And I'm like, is this real or is this some fake shit? Because if it's some real shit, I'm gonna go hunting. Well, actually, um, the rake does have its roots way back in Native American. Yeah, and. And really, like, I want to believe in the rake so bad. But the same thing, like, I want to believe in, you know, a skinwalker and a wendigo. But those are very those are very feasible. Yeah, but at the same time, when you hear somebody talking about a rake, they're always referencing skinwalkers. And they're always referencing werewolves. They're not the and same. wendigos. But I don't, yeah, I don't feel that they're the same. They're not the same. Now, wendigos can be, or uh, the rake is com- something completely fucking different. Like the Wendigo was the uh, was the man that started eating human flesh and became and lost himself. That's mm-hmm. a Wendigo, mm-hmm. and he becomes something more you know more supernatural. A Skinwalker is an old uh, Navajo tale about a, a creature that can mimic human speech, right. and that's how they lure him and eat him, yeah, or kill him or or whatever. And they you know in the in the lore is that they wear your skin to you know <clears throat> mimic you as well, yeah. Like they're they're that that's what they do. Now the rake is something that it's a completely other species like it has you know different features different everything about it and it's intelligent enough to go into somebody's house whereas the wendigo and the skinwalker are not like they're not intelligent to go in whatsoever where the rake can actually prey on somebody in like an like in a two-story yeah you know or or an apartment complex like like they're like it's to me it's like that level of intelligence like even within it's not that hard to you know fucking stay hidden in the woods like they're like well we've trolled these woods like okay you've trolled half the woods yeah and then when you're exiting the other half it could still be behind you you've because trolled, it yeah, knew you, you've trolled this part of the woods using this radius of people you haven't trolled the entire wood using the entire radius so that thing is probably hearing you coming and sneaking around you you're never going to find it unless it wants to find you yeah and so it's one of those like like yeah i hardcore believe in like you know, Bigfoot and the Yeti and whatnot, and I do believe in that. I do. I 100% believe in that. Because it's it's something that can exist considering, all things considering that, you know, experts are like, well, we've discovered 95% of the Earth. Like, you know, that's that's a very loaded saying. Yeah. Because there's a lot of places on Earth that modern that in modern times we're not allowed to visit. It's been deemed off by that country's government. Yep. Like, we can't go there. And you always wonder what reasons are for that. Most of the time, it's religious reasons. Like, in Tibet, like, it, you know, it, it's 
It's their religion. Like nobody from the outside or nobody from a certain level of their spiritual guidance can actually go in there. Like go into a lot of their shrines and tombs and whatnot. Like, and I understand that. But then there's like, then there's like weird patches of woods that's like, that's got like a 50 mile radius that nobody's allowed to enter whatsoever. Or it's private property from the government, mm-hmm. and they say no, you know, no going here. And you wonder what the fuck's in there. I'm not worried about Area 51. Like I ain't fucking worried about that. Not when, not when just right over here in Ohio, right Patterson is where Project Blue Book took place. They got all them tunnels underneath yep. it. Now, I had somebody tell me that right over here in Eaton, Ohio, that there is a piece of property that's always patrolled by a government vehicle. I don't think it's military. There's a bunker that you can go in. If you get in there, you walk in so far, and you'll be met halfway with military personnel. Now, I don't think it's so odd to believe that there may be tunnels running underneath every part of the heartland here because it all stems off of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Oh, no, no. No, that's actually true. Yeah. No, that's very true. Mainly because we actually do have tunnels here in Richmond. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can actually show you where half the tunnels are. Yeah. Because me being, you know, the young exploratory kid that I was, I did walk around a lot. Yeah. And I did just go into this place where it says private property. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'll just say I didn't read the sign. <laughs> you know, and and obviously I, I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. So I'm a young kid and thinking I'm, you know, Billy Badass. And then the world kicked me in the dick. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> and they just kept going. But every time I spit up blood, I look at it and call it a bitch. <laughs> Even though I know another dick flogging is coming towards me. Oh man! <laughs> like the pain never stops. But um, no, there's actually um an old abandoned sewer system, not more than I don't know. I want to say a quarter mile from where we're sitting now. Oh yeah, that you can actually walk through, and yeah. it's an entire tunnel. It's a dry tunnel system, and it goes through the all over Richmond. Like it, if you walk it long enough, you'll end up in Eaton. Yeah, because it does take a like split Y pattern off to the right, and I did walk that pattern once. And I was with a couple buddies of mine, and for one, that tunnel really fucked up because you can. There's a bunch of tag marks in there, of course, but oh, yeah. like, man, it's so long that you can shine. I had a six million watt fucking uh, spotlight I took with me, that old one I used to have, uh-huh. and I shine it dead forward, and it, you couldn't see. Like it, it was just like the darkness engulfed the light around it, and it, it was fucked up. But we actually end up, uh, we end up finding like a like little part of it was caved in, so we crawled out of it, and we were like. In between fucking El Dorado and Eaton. Yeah. So we had to go back in and walk back. Because that was the fastest we've ever gotten there on foot. So we are like, fuck it, let's take the, tun- take the tunnel back. I'd like to do that. But there's also a uh, there's also a tunnel in an old friend of mine's house. It's uh, part of the uh, Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. And it is a legit, like, you go into his basement and his house is a part of historic, uh, his old house is part of historic uh, culture. Yeah. Um, it was a direct tunnel to Levi Coffin mm-hmm. uh, over in Fountain City. So in... in we actually dropped a rope down his basement to see how like deep the tunnel was, and it was 18 foot deep. Oh, shit. And we thought, like, maybe it's a well, but then we started getting a light down there and cracking glow sticks and dropping them down. It's a fucking entire tunnel system. And more and more research, you know, more old blueprints and whatnot, we had to look at the library. We found out that it, that is a connected tunnel system to the old Levi Coffin House. And I'm like, that's actually quite interesting, but it's... You got to think that that level of structure, even back then... Oh, yeah. ...was is fascinating to what we have now. Like you're stupid to think that there isn't an actual, like, like military governed or government based, you know, tunnel system that connects the States. Oh yeah. 
it's for easy it's for easy escape and easy outing and and you know and transporting certain shit that the public shouldn't see and oh yeah like like my big thing was like during the height of the pandemic mm-hmm. the navy flat out release the navy flat out released a video of a fucking ufo like this wasn't like somebody running their fucking youtube channel or anything like no this was from the navy it made the news and the entire world went we know work on a vaccine <laughs> we've known there was something up there <laughs> Like until yeah. you got us more explanation of what it is, work on a vaccine. Yeah, it's like, did you make contact? No. Then shut up. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> did you go beep boop with lights and a keyboard? No. All right. Cool. God, was that the monster versus aliens? Mm-hmm. Close encounters of the third kind. Oh yeah, yeah, that was. I'm kid mode, so I got my kids this weekend. So I'm like. I'm watching a lot of fucking kids' movies, except my son. My son's actually starting to watch more adult shit with me. And I'm like, I don't know if I like that or not. <laughs> I like E.T. That's always a good one. Okay, E.T.'s canon in Star Wars changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, no, but like, in all seriousness, like, you know, I, I there are people out there that so blindly trust the government. And I mean blindly trust the fucking government where they're like oh well the government will never purposely cause harm in its own american people i'm like uh wait a minute it's like who raise your hand if you remember what's something called the tuskegee experiment Mm -hmm. like just right there like that alone should be enough but no there's mk ultra (laughs) there's fucking lists of us being fucking guinea pigs oh yeah well the homeless population the Unpleasurable, unpleasurable, not unpleasurable. So that's a weird word. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I guess just the the ones that nobody else wanted. I, just, I know there's a word for that. I can't think of it right the un- now. The unwanted ones. The unwanted ones that got experimented on. Yeah, the the derelicts, the lower intelligent kind of guys. You know, we well, always gotta wonder when they cut funding to the nut houses, like the asyl- asylums and shit like mm-hmm. that. Where all them patients go? Uh, actually, a lot of them. <clears throat> you gonna be murdered and put in mass graves? Yeah, a, a lot of them were actually put in mass graves or released to the population. Yeah, believe it or not, um, the ones that they were that were completely catatonic from like you know you know close up lobotomies and whatnot were actually mm-hmm. put down. Oh yeah, the ones that were completely catatonic were just left to die essentially, and that's really fucked up. Oh yeah, like <clears throat> like the biggest part of insane asylums was. Um, that, that was greed. That was greed right then and there. Because everybody that ran an insane asylum knew, like, we're only capacitated for this to yep. this staff. Like, this is all we can do. But instead, they got paid to take more and more and more and more in and just pretty much make room. And then told their staff to, nah, whatever. Their families forgot about them. It's mm-hmm. cool. Just, you don't have to. You, know, you don't have to do your job. And they raked that fucking money in is mm-hmm. their problem. Now, that's greed fucked up the insane asylums. Oh, yeah. Like the tuber- the old tuberculosis hospital you yep. know, here in town. Yep. Um, that's what's left of it. And I don't know if you knew that. Like, th- that's not the actually old TB hospital. That's the beginning part of it. What? The old tuberculosis hospital. Like, it used to be, like, 15 acres. Well, it was, the house it, is no longer there. No, no, but the front part of the hospital is still there, off twenty seven. I'm trying to think of which one we're talking about. Uh, the red brick one on 27 heading to Liberty. 
It'd be oh, off, yeah, it'd be off yeah. to your right. But the one with the okay. pond in the front yard. And, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, that's the old TB hospital. Yeah. And I've actually been inside of it. Um, once illegally and once legally. <laughs> now, I'm a huge paranormal believer. I am. Like I do think that there are spirits, entities out there that that exist. That that they're not. I wouldn't say as, as a uh, different plane of of existence necessarily. Like I'm still open to that concept, but it's more or less like they're still trapped with us. And let's say it's a different plane, like right on top of our plane. Exactly. Um, and. You know, and but I'm also a huge skeptic as well at the same time. Like, I believe, but I also believe that 99% of the people claiming their shit's haunted, it's not. Mm-hmm. Everything has a logical, and I will, and I am that asshole that will go into their house and recreate all the sounds that they're hearing and recreate everything that they're talking about in front of them and say, look, this is what's going on. And they hate that <laughs> so fucking much, <laughs> like to the point where people don't want to go out hunting with me. They only, <laughs> it like, they only hate it if if they're if they're trying to get like notoriety from it. But yeah, it's a haunting. You know, we're out here. I I get paranoid about oh. seeing shit, and I'm just like, you know, if I see it, I see it. Well, like um. So, like, the, the tuberculosis hospital, um, the first time I went in there was illegally, of course. and But I was also, like, 15, so statute of limitations do yeah. not apply anymore. Um, this would be back before they uh, put, like, apartment complexes and shit onto it. Yeah. And, you know, me and a couple friends of mine uh, broke, in the, broke in through the basement window. Because they still have that little archway with a uh, swinging window that's still open. So we jumped in. And I'm telling you right now. That window that was open yep. was in a padded room. Huh. Like, we plopped in a padded room. Thinking back on it now, it was more than likely mold on the ground, on the walls because, you know, fucking padded room and a bunch of humidity and, you know, it, it clings to fabric and whatnot. Oh, yeah. But it looked like blood. Because, you know, when blood dries, it's not red. It's black. Right. Black or dark brown. And... It looked like there was, you know, bloody padded wall. You know, that's the first thing you fucking drop into. (laughs) Nope, this bitch is haunted. That's the first thing you think of. Um, We dropped into that and we started exploring and man, it's like they just packed up and left. Like there there were still like scalpels and shit. We took a couple of them just because we're assholes. Um, And like forceps and just like all this medical equipment was still laying around like gurneys, everything. And the... uh, the second time I was in there was a little bit more of an adult, and I scored a, uh, a construction gig with a buddy of mine. Yeah. And I- I'm not good at construction work, but I am good with tools. Yeah. So it's like he cuts and measures and, and everything, and I-, I hold up and I help drill. It's like I ain't got to do the hard part. You know, I, I just got to do the uh, the physical part. And we went in and laid drywall. Well, he laid drywall before I got there. Yeah. And so I went in behind him and spackled a little bit and... You know, painted and whatnot, and we got like one hallway done. And at the end of the day, we left. Yeah, well, he came back the next morning. All the drywall was stacked on neatly, from what we have just done <laughs> in the fucking hallway. No drywall screw holes, nothing. And the walls looked like how they were when we started. Yeah. So I got there. He's just kind of standing at the doorway, looking and blinking a lot. And I, you know, I say, "Oh, hey, Greg, what's up?" You know, he's looked at me and just looked at it, looked at me, looked at it, and went, we're fucking leaving. <laughs> I was like, why are they not? I was like, why do they not pay? He goes, motherfucker, look. And I looked in there, and I'm like, 
And at first, I didn't really know what I was looking at. Like, then I realized, I was like... did we hang this shit yesterday? <laughs> yeah, it was like... Exactly. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Didn't we do this? And he's like, yeah, I ain't fucking around. They don't pay me enough. They can keep the drywall. <laughs> Eventually, they got it done. But that was like the biggest paranormal, like anything I've ever I've ever ran into. And I guess the, uh, the logic part about that is that somebody obviously took the drywall down, restacked it, and then cut the holes out. Right. Yeah, and it made it look like like we didn't measure the sheets drywall. Like it, it could have been smaller to where you know they they <laughs> cut all the holes out of it. But you know you could walk have, in, could have, but you never know. Yeah, it's, you never know. Like that's the logical part that somebody went in there and fucked with us. But the illogical part of me went, <laughs> I'm leaving. Ghostbusters. <laughs> and you know th- there's a th- there's that that always that that huge belief that I've always had. And people have always that, and this is what really, really pisses me. And that pisses me off. It just kind of gets on my nerves when somebody says, well, you don't believe in God or anything like that or any religion, but how do you believe in, you know, the paranormal or spirits? Well, like, well most, most religious people I've ever talked to, there's only one kind of ghost. There's only the Holy Ghost because you go to heaven or hell. And I'm like, well, then these people that are seeing ghosts are, must be just crazy then. Well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, shit. I'm not. Well, I am crazy, but it's like, oh yeah, we'll explain Casper. <laughs> right, exactly. He ain't the Holy Ghost. He, he was the friendly ghost. I think that I think that there's anomalies that can't be explained, and <clears throat> maybe think... maybe it's that the government has already figured it out, and that you know they may even have another way, of, like Rick and Morty, go into different dimensions and other realms and stuff. And all we're ever going to see is just little glimpses of uh, a spirit of an embodiment, like you playing off, yeah. of, playing off of the elements it's given, steam or smoke, you know, well, stuff well, like shadows. My theory, and obviously this is just a theory, is that your brain is literally nothing but electricity and, ner- and neurons. Right. That's all it is. Where does that go when you go? Electricity never dies. Exactly. Once, like, it's, once it's created, it can't be, it just moves on and, to a different and form. And if you touch anything in your life, yeah. you have transmitted electricity to it. Exactly. Like, that. that's just that's just science. Yeah. <laughs> that's just science. But that, that that's a literal truth. Um, if you pass on, I do believe that you're, <clears throat> it, it's much like, the reason why it's called entities, it's a transference of energy from one source to another. Exactly. Um, the reason why they can manifest, I would say, is because it, it pulls more energy off. Yeah. Because our, our, our neurological energy is a completely different, you know, wave format than like AC or DC energy. It's completely different. Right. Like we don't have enough power in our bodies to, you know, run a light bulb. Right. Yeah, but it's well, it's there. But it's it's absolutely there, and the whole theory of feeding energy from somebody is completely true. Yeah. Like physically, like if I'm gonna sit here and bounce off the walls and be energetic, somebody's gonna do it with me, and then eventually everybody's gonna do it with me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's just that positive. It, it's called that positive energy. And it's the same thing on the on the other side of the coin, where it's negative energy. If you know people are just dark and brooding and fucking sad all the time, you know that, that's what you're gonna feel like, and that's just one energy you know flaring to another. Now, me personally, I believe that's how they manifest. And then people ask me, well, do you believe in possessions? No, I don't. I believe in people want attention. Or I believe in mental health. I believe that, you know, here in Richmond, 
these uh these meth these meth addicts they've been getting hit with uh with the shit called flock of bath salts. Is mm-hmm. what we yeah. is what we know the slang of it because we used to buy it at the local at the local corner store. Oh yeah. And you know, there's people shooting that shit, people smoking it and snorting it. And that stuff I started reading about it and they call that the possession drug. Now whether it actually allows a type of entity to enter your body and take you over, or whether it just gives you the symptoms of possession itself. I, I like I like to I like to look at both sides of it that it that it lowers your ability to fight off other infestations of yeah. other entities. But at the same time, I could buy into it more that it just puts you off. It just derails you. It makes you crazy, and that's how the only way they can explain it. I started reading how reli- like religions. All over the world, we're using this shit to, oh, yeah. to fake possessions, and then mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, if you give them some certain thing, it'll stop. And it's like, yeah, if you're giving them something to make them calm, it's just like you're fucking detoxing them. Yeah, you're detoxing <laughs> that's them. what you're of doing. Course, you're basically, I mean, I, demonic possession would basically label you, and it would put you in a box that you had to believe in a known religion. Yeah. It's like Catholicism with the Book of Demons and yep. stuff they have, and it's like you have to buy into the religion to believe that. Now, this is what I believe is that people's personality disorders and mental illness, because a doctor can diagnose you with something all they want, but you yourself are a specific type of person. Yep. So that mental illness bends to who you are as a person. You have your own quirks because of it. Now, someone that's bad off on drugs or someone that's just completely off the rails mentally, they could seem uh, to be have to be possessed by a demon or something. Yeah, but, you know, at, at the same time, you know, you know, like I'm never shy about saying, you know, I'm bipolar, manic depression, you know, I have... Uh, I have PTSD and I suffer and I suffer with, you know, past addictions. Mm-hmm. And trust me, manic depression and addiction do not fucking go together. Oh no. Oh Jesus all. Christ, no. Not at all. Man, it, it's trapped in your own fucking mind at a thousand miles an hour mm-hmm. and you can't focus on shit. I hate it. I hate every minute of it. It's like a it's like a it's like that all the dirt bikes of the circus and that ball of that metal yeah. ball. Yeah, that it's that like a cage of death going on up in your head. Yeah. And but being like that, like there's sometimes I act like I'm possessed. I'm just doing I'm I'm literally letting my mind try to process all these thoughts and let my body go on autopilot. Yeah. And I'm just doing random projects and random shit and I don't realize I'm doing them. Right. Like I have written, I don't know, maybe five hundred scripts, like half like half written scripts that I thought would be like a cool idea to record. Yeah. I I've, I'm not even exaggerating. It's about five hundred. Yeah. And then it's like maybe a half a dozen fucking stories that I've gotten like three chapters into and then I just stop because I'm trying to let my body take over and to maybe that my body will talk to my mind and say, hey, we're doing this now. But it, like I completely believe in that where I look possessed, where I'm just like I'm doing shit, but I'm not talking about what I'm doing. Right. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm building something. But I'm talking about something completely fucking different. Well, then they have that book of demons, and then they go through and, like, the description of this demon. Okay, well, then this person has this upstairs wrong with them, and they fit the description of this demon. So this demon is the one possessing them. Uh, it's really hard for me, it's really hard for me to feel like. It's really yeah, hard it's for me like... to find any kind of truth in there. Because first got to have me buy into the religion, then you got to have me believe that... 
there's these creations. Yeah, the that, demon, you know, Plockdu is in somebody's fucking head. Right, you know? and I mean that there was that guy. Well, see that that raises the question, like, like that person fits that demon, you know, you know. Uh, what am I almost? Why do I want to say prescription? It's not prescription. Persona. Yeah, persona. Thank you. <laughs> it's like somebody meets that demon's persona. Yeah, and but. You know, similarity, there could be like 15 other people meeting that persona around him as well. Exactly. Like, does that does that demon possess all 15 people? Like, can he manifest himself like that? And if that's the case, why hasn't he done it to everybody? Exactly. You know, so I'm, I'm sitting here going, I have a logical question about that. And of course, it's religion. So they kick me in the back of the neck. Yeah. <laughs> Not allowed here. Don't question us. <laughs> or we'll Le- beat you. <laughs> Unless you're the Pope. I love the Pope. He's oh. a good guy. He's such a good fucking guy. I've seen that video of him where he come out. And during the COVID thing, and he greeted the people that weren't there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, snap, he was gone from the window. And I'm like, man, is it so hard to believe that that guy's standing in front of a green screen and they're just projecting? Because there was like almost nobody out there in Vatican City waiting for him to come out. Yeah. It was like he was he was projected out for his own safety. They should just come out and be real about it. I mean, but... You you actually like listen to the new Pope what he talks about? Not he actually he actually talks a lot about love. Yeah, like he actually said like you know he flat out said that the Bibles are just basic stories to live by. Yeah, he's you don't have to believe in one hundred percent of it. Right. He's like, and he understand if a man wants to marry a man, that's fine. And and he's pretty much like it boiled down to this: as long as you're okay with you know Christianity or God or what your beliefs are, yeah, then God will love you. Right. Yeah, he doesn't care if you're gay or whatnot. He made you in his image. And he pissed off so many fucking people saying that. Well, I'm like, okay, he's the friggin' Pope. Don't, right? qu- don't question that guy. Like, that guy's too fucking nice to question. Now, the, now the Pope Benedict before him, the the Nazi, question that fucking <laughs> Dracula-looking motherfucker all day the long. Nazi. <laughs> he was. He was a Nazi. That shows you how far out of religion I am. I don't even, I didn't, I don't even know who the new Pope is. Uh, Pope Francis. He, I've never even heard it. I never even heard. I have to look into it. He's again. he's a really nice. He, he's Pope Benedict. Like garbed himself in a bunch of gold lace. Everything had a big like twenty five foot throne yeah. and all that shit. And the new Pope got rid of all of it. Took that money, gave it to the homeless and you know people of in need, and like sits on a regular ass fucking wooden throne. He eats with you know his people. He's right. not he doesn't hold himself in a higher regard like the other ones did. I'm gonna go smoke some weed with the Pope. I think he does. I would love to <laughs> It's like I would like I'd like to smoke some weed with uh with Charlie Sheen. I'm afraid man <laughs> Bill Clinton too. Bill Clinton, yes. I'd absolutely love to smoke weed with Bill Clinton, but tell him to keep his creepy ass wife thousands of miles away from me. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's one of them ones that got taken over by a demon. That's why he's always fucking around with hookers. Because <laughs> them, de- de- them them reptilian creatures ain't got vaginas. <laughs> he's like, You ever try to fuck a reptilian creature? That bitch ain't got <laughs> that, <laughs> that bitch got That's six. That's why I gotta go to Hooters. <laughs> that bitch got six pussies. <laughs> Like Brody, <laughs> I wouldn't want to touch a one of them. It's like no, thank you. Maybe that one. That one looks all right, but it's in the middle of the other two. <laughs> that means I gotta touch the other two. No. Oh yeah. God. I, I'm just doing the best cut comparison here. Like I, I ain't touching them. But <laughs> no, I, I noticed. You know, it, it wasn't with with politics. It wasn't this big hate game when I was growing up. People, no, people didn't like focus into the president too much. And it's it's like. 
when Obama ran, it's, it's kind of like that. I'm glad he got elected. I think this country needed a slap in the face of reality that things are changing. We're not going to do the old white people thing no more. Yeah. Um, a little bit of progression, I do like right, that. Right, I like that. And then when it comes to Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton, man. I, that's where it, that that's what really amped that's up. Where it really, that's where it really started having a lot of problems. And, I mean... It's whoever campaigned the best was going to win, and I mean, yeah, well, we all won Bernie Sanders. I, I guess I, you know, I guess I guess I float towards more the one that's going to say, "All right, we're we're decriminalizing pot on a federal level." He you did. Know, you're going to be you're going to be able if you're a sufferer of PTSD from military and stuff like that. You're going to be able to take your insurance card to a dispensary and get what you need instead of having to take all these multiple pills. Every day, yeah. just ruin your liver and ruin your life, and you're still sad at the end of the day, and you want to stay inside when you smoke pot. You go out there, and you're happy, and you want to live. I can understand how hard that would be for some military personnel that have had to do that crazy shit for our government. Well, well see, that would also... Um, the whole reason why pot is illegal is because... <laughs> the, once again, this is going to sound like a big paper conspiracy, but it's not. Um, it, it's big paper. Like... Hemp at the time, back in the 40s, was a very viable source of paper. Oh, it posed a huge, a huge threat. Oh, a gigantic can, I mean, threat. You can, bring, you can bring a cannabis plant to, you know, full maturity in a few months, but we got to grow a tree for like 30 years and then go cut it the fuck down to make a few pieces of paper when you could, I mean... Overcrop the cannabis tree, and you can get yeah, and more cleaner, more biodegradable paper, and it, it yeah. was just—it's so much. It's honestly just overall well, oh, they, so much better. They produce they produce more oxygen than a tree does. Actually, so does moss. Right. So does moss. Yeah, yeah. so does moss. And, uh, trees I mean, only produce like two percent of the oxygen, right? Honestly. And, they, and, and and cannabis plants—they put off a different different hit, uh, heat signature, mm-hmm. you know, and that's probably a big reason for like the excess oxygen they put off, but. I don't care if I if I wake up every morning and go outside and see a pot plant, uh, you know, pot plant growing in my front yard. I'm like, oh boy, I hope it's something good. <laughs> hope it's not a male. Hope it's a female. Yeah, that's all I give a damn about. Man. <laughs> you know, I'd love to just be able to take pot seeds and just just go over to the, like the police station front lawn and just start and planting. Just pop them fuckers in the grass. <laughs> yeah, there was somebody that uh, there was a there was like a crack uh, by the front door and somebody had dropped a, a pot seed down in there. And it grew, and somebody went in there and took a picture, and they was like, you know, this is a pot plant growing right out here in front of the police station, right? And they're like, oh, no, we didn't know that. I'm like, you guys suck at your job. <laughs> How are you going to have a war against something you don't even know what the fuck it looks like? But congratulations on drugs for winning the war against drugs. Oh, my God, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's this. Um, like, weed to me has never been a drug. No. Pot's never been. It's never been a drug. I, I have never once have gotten high and had a negative impact besides the uh, one strain I'm allergic to um, because I am allergic to a certain strain and I'm allergic to gas. Yeah. Like, I, I can't smoke like pure strain gas. I can't. It'll make me start throwing up and everything else. Like I do have a bad allergic reaction to it. Um, but it, it's a, I've never had a violent thought. I've never, well, I've had violent thoughts, but they've always been you know backed with comedy. I've always been happier. I, I've, I got hungry, but you know, <laughs> but it, it, it's always been. I've never been spacey. I, I've always been, you know, like I've been able to focus more, and it's helped me 
a hell of a lot more than any other drug I've ever taken has. Well, I smoke pot, man. It, if I'm like, even when you smoke pot, I think that THC knows exactly what your body needs. And I think it's your brain that says, I need this flow into this area. Like if I'm getting sick and I smoke, I might not get high and, you know, have that, that psychotropic effect. But physically, I'm feeling good and I can still get shit done. Yeah, like I, I have chron- like not to be that guy to say it out loud, but I do have chronic back pain. I have actually cracked my spine before. Hey, man. You know, I've I have no cartilage left in my knees. Like I'm in constant pain twenty four hours a day. Like and I can't take pain medications because I'm deathly allergic to them. Yeah, but now, so I just got a fucking. But now the people that you know, even if you could, you can't even get a whole painkillers anymore. Yeah, because people that go in there like, oh, hurt my back, and then they would just throw fucking. You know, oxys and norcos at them and oh, just yeah. like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna snort about five of these and I'm gonna sell about ten. Yep. I remember when I was eighteen, I fell down my basement steps and I went out to the hospital the next day because I needed a note for work. And that was I thought I was pooping blood. So, you know, doctor tested me and everything. He's like, Okay, I'm gonna give you some lower tabs for pain, I'm gonna give you some seven fives. I'm like, Damn. okay. <laughs> he gave me he gave me two prescriptions of thirty. For to cover two, yeah. to cover two months, and I'm like, dude, I just fell down some damn stairs. I'm not dying, ain't nothing broken, but okay, man. Uh, you know, was the, with the group that I was hanging out with at the time. You always had to have something at the table if you wanted to smoke weed with them. You had to have something put in. Yeah. Well, I just thought out that whole bottle of pills, and I'm like, here you guys go. <laughs> I'm gonna smoke me some weed tonight. They, I mean, to each their own. But if it when it becomes a problem, you know, I can tell you that. When it comes to like manic episodes, yeah, uh, pain pills are a big trigger of mine personally. Like, for like for me, like on weed, I've never wanted to do another drug, ever. But when I was drinking, I got courage. Oh yeah, hey, and, I'm gonna try this. Yeah, and I, honest to God, like have never tried anything else. But I knew that while drunk, if somebody were to present it to me, I would have definitely tried it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was, I was lucky enough to where, you know, I didn't have any of my friends be like, hey, man, I just, you know, crush this Zanny bar, have fun. And then oh, I would, you know, I, I would I would have totally done it. But on weed, no, I don't see why they say, oh, it's a gateway drug. The fuck it is. Well, Alcohol's I mean, a gateway drug. <laughs> but that's the thing. Pot's turning into just like tobacco and alcohol. You can't stop tobacco because you can cultivate it in your own house and have your own. So you can't stop it. You can't get rid of it. It grows natural some places. And then when it comes to alcohol, we've already seen what happens when they try to put a ban on alcohol. You got guys with yeah, 40, the 40, 40, 40, 40, <laughs> Thompson's mowing down federal agents. They're going to make it in their bathtub. And it's getting the same with pot because, I mean, honestly, you can go put down... Two seeds that you know are going to flower some good shit. You just put them down somewhere. As long as nobody messes with them, you got it. Oh, yeah. Like, somebody was growing weed in our backyard years and years ago. And, of course, what did I do, being a young, dumb kid? Ah, cut it down and took it home. (laughs) Hey, well, why not? (laughs) Well, it come to find out, like, nobody actually planted them. Like, it's wild. Like, it was wild back there for a while. And... Like, I can't remember who called the police. It was, I don't think it had anybody to do with anybody to do with us because, you know, mom and dad, they smoked. And they just looked at it like free weed. You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> and I smoked, too. Oh, there's, so, a, there's a few places all over town here that during the summer you can drive by 
with your windows down. It'd be nice and humid outside. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, that skunky, dank smell just flowing yep. in your car. <laughs> and you're like, oh, they're growing that good shit out here. <laughs> and somebody, actually, I remember this. I was I was about maybe 14 or 15. Uh, somebody called the police, and they went down there and ex- excavated all of it. Oh, yeah. Like, by the oh, root. Yeah, like, they, they were will. not fucking around. They will. And I was like, "That's I'm, I'm pissed off about that. But they it was like... A solid like quarter mile back here that it was just randomly growing in random places. Oh yeah, and you know the roots were connected too, so they were like, okay, it was growing wild. I'm like, if it's growing well, wild, then why'd you fucking cut it down? There, it's not illegal to grow. There is, there is. Well, now they lifted a ban on. There's three different strains. There's your indica, your sativa, and your ruderalis. Mm-hmm. And if you go over behind, uh, you know, Red Lobster over here, yeah, and that bit where that pond is and that big field and all that yeah. sand and pebble. That third string grows wild on its own. Mm-hmm. And so you can use that to regulate the size of, if you know how to splice in other pieces of plant to your plants, you can regulate the size of your sativa strains with that. But the thing is, you got to be real careful because if that ruderalis strain gets in touch with your good shit, it's going to seed up your good shit. Yeah. So, and and on and on top of that, it's um, I thought ruderalis actually produced uh, the omega-8. It may, it may, but honestly, that's when the reason why it grows wild around here is because at one point in time, Indiana used to produce all kinds of shit with hemp. Oh yeah, rope and all kinds of other shit. Well, we're a farming state. That's why. Yeah, and that was that was something, and it can be easily cultivated here. It grows now. When it comes to taste, Indiana dirt weed is what it is. Indiana dirt weed, but there are ways to perfect it. But uh. But yeah, man, I, I don't know why everybody has such a big problem with it. There isn't. What what the problem is, is that it, it's multiple uses. It can't be governed or taxed. Yeah. Back then it couldn't. Like it threatened one particular politician who, I think it was like fifty eight percent of his of his uh, of his earnings were in paper, like yeah. paper mills. Yeah. And this threatened to shut down paper mills. Oh yeah. And so he went on this huge fucking smear campaign about it. And even so, as far as uh, funded the uh, fucking movie movie Reefer Madness. Yeah. Now, if you've ever seen that, it's just funny to watch. It's it's total propaganda. Like it, it's all about like when you smoke the reefer, you become this mad. You know, and it, it's obviously made in the fucking forties. So you become this mad scientist, and you smack your wife around. And I'm like, I've never struck anybody yeah, high. I've never, I've, <laughs> I've never, never had, gotten into I've a never fight had high. The urge. I'm pretty, I'm pretty timid when I'm high. <laughs> I'm like, just like, give me, give me some candy and some cartoons. Yeah, Boy, it's, horror movies are always a favorite. Yeah, and I'm over here like I, I've never been violent high. <laughs> like, no. like, why are you telling me that I'm violent when I'm high when well, I'm the, not? The biggest <laughs> issue is the legality of it, and what I tell everybody is like there's there's a point where it comes to having morals of doing something that you know is helping you and the legality of it there was you know there was a doctor a brain doctor um, that cured this little girl's uh, brain cancer with uh, apricot pits yeah what exactly he did to him but when they took that girl back to the regular doctor had her scan like oh it's already in remission it's all good how'd you do it they bring this doctor up well, it's not a licensed way to treat that brain cancer. So they had stopped treatments. That girl's brain cancer came back, and inevitably her brain fell apart because of all the radiation and stuff she had to undergo. But the apricot pits were working. But since it was not regulated by the FDA and it was not approved, it's not good. So it's like, so 
Even though something works, you're gonna say it's not good because you're not drawing a check from it. That's bullshit. Why are you gonna now, why are you gonna run somebody else's life? Now I can't remember the name of this drug, but there is a drug out there that it has a ninety nine percent success rate uh-huh. to kill and I mean absolutely kill any and all addictions in your body. Any and all chemical addictions in your body. Yeah. So you have to have a licensed physician next to you when you take it. Yeah. And you were going to hallucinate violently for the next 72 hours. Oh, hell but no. after that, you are clean and clear. And when, it, and when it detoxes your body, there's people that are hardcore meth and heroin addicts that have taken it. Yeah. And never go back to it, period. Ugh. It is. It has a 99% success rate. That sounds a little rough. You cannot get it here in America. <laughs> because there's no money in the cure, but there's money in the treatment. Oh yeah, well it's it, like, it's legal up in Canada. I know that. It's like all the it's like all the politicians that take that that weird drug called adrenochrome. Mm-hmm. I was looking it up. That's one of them experimental drugs that, without a license, without being a licensed physician, mm-hmm. you can get online with a. Throw away Visa card if you wanted to, as long as you enter your yeah. information, and you can buy this Adrenochrome worry free. This shit is like two hundred and sixty five dollars a pill, and this is what the elitists take to cure all their ailments, their anxiety, and that's why they say their success rates are so high because they're able to afford a two hundred seventy five pill pop a day. Yeah. Now, something like that. It really, it really worries me because it's like, why do they have access to something like that and we don't for the price? Why is it an experimental drug and why does it cost so much? Now, I hear you can get the same effect from microdosing shrooms. Mm-hmm. Not as much less, you know, lysergic acid or some kind of like a chemical experimental compound from China. Yeah. But shrooms actually grown by somebody... On cow shit, you know, good yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. That stuff right there, you know, you're supposed to be able to take that and microdose it every few days. And after a few months, your anxiety doesn't seem so bad. It, it kind of repairs your head to a point. Well, th- there's... I am both 50-50 on, like, natural, like natural medicine and, uh-huh. and synthetic. Yeah. Because there is some shit synthetic can do... That natural medicine just purely falls to the wayside on it. Yeah. But that natural, but that synthetic medicine is extremely hard to get get a hold of. You know, like oh, I don't know, fucking insulin. Yeah. Like, and and you know that's some that's synthetic. Yeah. That like we produce insulin, but we're not going to go around with a big ass syringe and you know take it off of a homeless person's fucking liver. You know? right. But <laughs> that that's the natural. But the, the natural fucked it up. But the insulin, like people. There's people born with, you know, diabetes uh-huh. that have to take insulin shots. And, like, yeah. they didn't choose that. They didn't. And why should they have to pay $1,000 per fucking shot? Exactly. Like, that's bullshit. Insulin should be, at most, free. Like, that's to live. And, and, and I feel the same way about, like, you know, HIV medication. And, you know, they're like, well, they chose to... They chose to have sex and get it. I'm like, well, it's not only sexually transmitted, you know. Right. You know, what if he got into a car wreck with his buddy and his buddy had it? And, you know, he didn't deserve that. Right. You know, there's so many different fucking you know ways you can get HIV that doesn't come with any fault of your own. Why should you have to pay you know, millions of dollars to you know keep your own life safe? It's bullshit. Well, it went from survival of the fittest to survival of the one with the biggest pocketbook. 
which is nowadays the fittest. But to be completely honest, unfortunately, if the working class just stops, it would ruin things for the upper class. It ruin things for everybody. It would ruin things for everybody, but the upper class would be just like us because they would have to really secure their existence. It only takes three percent to have a proper re- proper revolution. Yeah, and three percent in this country is three point five million people. That's a lot of fucking people. Yeah, and once you get that, once you get even two hundred in line to even do something, the FBI has already got you pegged. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can't get everybody together. You know, it says in our constitution, you know, if our government comes to tyrannical, we should be able to overthrow them and run it how we see fit. But you could never exercise that constitutional right because the government is fine with how they've got it going now. They're fine with watching us struggle. They're fine with, you know, just having to go sit somewhere and sign documents and agree on something. Yes, they have to have schooling, and I I appreciate that for them. But at the same time, they're making decisions on behalf of the rest of us. And, you know, not everybody's voice is being heard. No, not everybody. You can't micromanage everything, but... Well, see, that's why I love John F. Kennedy so much, because he did micromanage everything. Yeah. He yeah. went door to door to people that votes that originally didn't count it. Right. Like, he was in backcountry roads talking to people face to face and campaigning the right way. He was knocking on doors. He was saying, hey, I'm the soon to be president, John F. Kennedy. That's how you do it. And he was a, and that is a very high political, that's the highest political figure you can have. Oh, yeah. And he's walking through, you know, fucking hoods and knocking on doors. And campaigning the right way. Not once did harm ever come to him because he showed that he cared. Right. He was also assassinated. Yeah. And I don't believe, like, I believe it was who assassinated him did. I do believe that that happened. But I also don't believe he did it on his own. Yeah. I I, I hardcore believe that he was an ex-Marine. He had a dishonorable discharge for, for mental instability. That's somebody you can easily manipulate. Easily you can feed these dangerous ideas into his head to where he's going to do something about it. And to him, he's a hero. Well, even if it wasn't him himself, maybe it was highly trained agents and he was just a patsy. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be it could be like that with Abraham Lincoln as John Wilkes Booth was just a patsy and he never actually did it. Somebody else did it. You never know. Because assassinations happen constantly and we're kept in the dark about it. Because oh, absolutely. Because they don't want us to know that they're pulling strings and they're pulling, they're busting caps into their own people because they're afraid that they're going to have to relinquish a little bit of their power to the rest of us. Well, they, they, don't, want their, uh, they don't want their glass kingdom come crumbling down. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they, they have a stained glass kingdom. It looks beautiful. It looks powerful. But one fucking rock will shatter that oh, bitch. Yeah. And... And I I hardcore believe in this conspiracy theory, and unfortunately people still label it as conspiracy theory. I label it as truth, that crack cocaine was introduced into society through the CIA. Oh, yeah. To control lower population, mainly the black community. Yeah. Um, To to, to control the, it's more or less control the poorer population. Oh, yeah. And there was a reporter that got so enthralled in it that he had evidence he had hardcore pressed evidence, yep. but he got so enthralled in it, he no longer trusted people. Yeah. He trusted himself, and then they found him zipped up in a in a uh, in a suitcase yeah. in in his shower, drained of blood, with two gunshot wounds to his head, and they labeled it a suicide. 
Yeah, how do you man? <laughs> like, how do you shoot yourself in the head twice and then decide, oh, I'm going to get inside of the suitcase? I'm set myself up in here with no gun. Yeah, it, and it's to me, I'm like, no, he had proof. That proof is now gone. Yep. But it's one of those things like you can't look at that and just go, oh yeah, yeah, that that, that totally makes sense. Like no, uh, even even in the non-political standing, you know, people getting bumped off by the government is not a rare thing. I remember watching this report where, and the guy, it, it was believable. And I mean, <clears throat> this guy was doing some government contract work mm-hmm. and punched through into a tunnel system, and he fell down in there. And you know, he's working for the military, and he was mil- he was doing that. He had a gun he carried. He said he fell into that shaft and there were aliens there. Like, actual extraterrestrial aliens, ray guns and all. And he he pulled his gun and he started shooting at him. And they caught him in the gut with a ray gun, with what mm-hmm. he said. And he and when, in the interviews, he mm-hmm. had lifted his shirt and he had, looked like this big scorch mark across his chest. And then after he came out and said that this is what happened... Uh, two weeks later, they found him strangled or something like that yeah. in a chair. And I'm like, yeah, because they went through and killed his ass because he about busted out. I mean, yeah, and it, then the cover-up comes up. We're like, oh, no, he was suffering from, you know, schizophrenia or some oh, shit yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, he was liable like, to say fucking anything. He was yeah. on these kind of meds, and there wouldn't be any way. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. There, they, there's mani- all, manipulate, they manipulate the, health the, records. Well, it's not only that, but there's also a... Uh, there's also a the, the huge scapegoat of mental illness. Oh yeah, which is why I believe that they don't dive into it a little bit more. Like right. like for for people actually suffering from it, they they want that that scare of mental illness out there as yeah. well. Yeah. They want to control that. So if somebody does go on a mass shooting, you know the they always ask, they they always talk about the shooter. They never talk about why. Exactly. Like 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 I listened to an uh, an underground rapper named Ill Bill. Yeah, and it, he's dope. Like, but he uh. He made a song that was really controversial. It was called "The Anatomy of a School Shooting." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he stood up for uh, for uh, uh, fucking Eric and Dylan. Like yeah. he he stood up for him. Yeah. He's like, you know, you can only be bullied so fucking much before you snap. Exactly. And that's pretty much what he the pretty much what the song said. And oh my god, he got some shit for that. Like oh, yeah. and it was, they were like, "Well, that's a career killing shit." I'm like, "No, it's not." You why? know why? Because making, so making people open their eyes is not career killing. It's it's you know it's making people like, open their fucking eyes. Like Newtown, that that was all about a young man that had a mental decline that nobody's checked him for. Right. Like he 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 was enthralled in a fantasy world, and nobody nobody cared. His parents didn't care. His dad didn't care, and then. He thought it'd be a good idea to go to a you know elementary school and you know play duck duck goose with bullets, so and that's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And the people that say that Newtown is a false flag operation, go fuck yourself. What is that? Uh, Newtown was the uh, the Sandy Hook. Man, I, when I watched the reports about it, there was a lot of there was a lot of loopholes they left unopened that. You know, you could have you any conspiracy theorist probably could have punched holes into. Um, and there's been a lot of that going on here recently, where like even with the George Floyd thing, like they said that they that I saw one thing where they said they put him into the car and then they drug him back out the other side, and they were doing comparisons about his hairstyle, his haircut being different, something about his clothes being different. 
And I'm like, you know, you never know. I mean, you never know if that was staged to create an <laughs> uprising or not amongst another another racial triggered civil unrest act that the government loves to do. Oh yeah, they absolutely. Always love to trigger that. It's always a sore subject with somebody because nobody can just say, you know what, we're done being manipulated. It's still a sore subject for them. But the funny thing is, like, to poke a huge hole in that conspiracy right there. So there's a YouTuber called Donut Operator. Fucking yeah. love watching him. Yeah. He's a big advocate for, for police rights. Yeah. He did a video on that. Yeah. And he had a the uncut video. Yeah. You know, the non-doctor, the you know, it was just that one like seven minute video yeah. of him being arrested, then thrown in then thrown into the back of the police car mm-hmm. and then being dragged out. He had that entire video, and if you watch it, it's completely one hundred percent undoctored. Yeah. And it's everything matches. So it that happened. But the thing of it is, is that he didn't sit there and say, I'm going to defend the cops on this. He said that was probably one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. He And he's a huge, you know, back to blue. He used to be a cop himself. And he was like, no, fuck that. That was stupid. Yeah. Like, And he is the one guy I'll sit here and actually believe on something like that because he breaks down these videos and dissects them to where it's like, look, this is what's going on. These are the procedures. You can hate me or love me. Don't give a shit. Right. But then this one came out and he was like, look, guys, that was fucked up. Yeah, that was a little bit too much. He goes, I don't. He actually said, don't start fucking rioting. Don't start doing dumb shit like that. But right now, as the as the American people understand that was fucked up all three of them need to be punished oh yeah and all three of them did they oh, all yeah. the all three yeah. uh, two of them fucking moved from the state yeah because they were getting death threats and justifiably fucking so yeah and the one that actually choked george floyd didn't get the whole suspended without pay no he's on trial for murder right now as well as he should be and he is like and the other two or have the other two flat out came out and said this the reason why we didn't stop him is because there's a hierarchy in the police station that if somebody has more years than you and you say something, your yeah, your career is ruined. Yeah. So, and I'm like, for one, why don't we stop? Start there. Stop the fucking hierarchy bullshit. Right. Stop the whole brotherhood yeah. bullshit. Because now you're just sounding like an organized gang to me. Hey, that's all the cops I've ever viewed the cops as is a big organized gang like brotherhood. Well, that right there. Any MC, any actual gang, it's all about brotherhood and color. Blue. They got their own fuck color. Yeah. Blue and black. You know what? That I feel like sometimes we are backing the biggest organized gang as extortion for our protection. Yeah, and that's that. And and to be completely honest, like that's not all cops. You cannot like no, throw all no, cops in there. No. Like if we can even like microsize it down to just here in Richmond. There are more good cops out there than there are bad cops. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, and I can name the fucking bad cops, yeah. but in fear of me getting my house set on fire, I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that's that part. They are an ours gang, and man, some of them are more G than some of us. Oh, yeah. Know? Some of them are that old school G, <laughs> that, that, that old school shit. They're going to do whatever, you know. But, I mean, it is what it is. You live that lifestyle, and, you know, those cops are paid to think like criminals. So, eventually. It's going to flip a switch, and they're going to see an opportunity to make them about, you know, $1,000 yeah. extra a week. And you know what? More power to them. That hustle on the side. Everybody's going to have it. But, you know. But it's that whole thing that, you know, don't don't lump them all in. Because no. there are police officers out here that when I was working at Big Lots, yeah. we, we, um, we stopped the Toys for Tots thing for one year. Uh, I think it's something, something with our taxes that we couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. But we had a police officer's fund come in and drop... This one guy, and I'm not going to name him, 
because I don't know if he wants me to or not, but um, he dropped $10,000 in toys. Yeah. 10 Gs in big lots. That's a lot of fucking toys. They cleared out aisles, and I had to check these bastards out. And they'd get the receipt and whatnot, and they I'd help them load up and what and whatnot. And they went out, wrapped all these presents, and on Christmas Day visited houses, Section Eight houses that they knew kids were at, yeah. that they knew that they weren't going to get a Christmas that year. Yeah. And they handed out toy, good toys on top of that, you know, fucking Ninja Turtle action figures and shit. Not this, you know, you know, play school bullshit. They actually hand out good, expensive toys. Yeah. To make everybody feel included. Why doesn't that get fucking press coverage? That one guy, that was out of his pocket. These were out of these guys' pockets. This yeah. was not out of a government section right. or anything like that. That's And that's something that happens every fucking year I here. Mean, nobody ever wants to see the good. Everybody wants to see the negative because the negative is entertaining. And that's, you know, I feel that way with, with ghosts too. The reason why we see ghosts and we hear so many negative experiences with ghosts is because it takes more power to frown than to smile. So I'd say it probably takes more control and... Everything be more negative. Well, it, it, it's to it, it, it's to uh, instill fear. Yeah, into it's the easiest way to instill fear into the mass societies and get well, them to listen. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you know when shit be getting real, and then cops start rolling in six cars deep, I get more paranoid that they're there because I'm out in the front porch smoking a joint. My neighbors are over here acting a fool. And six cops roll, and I'm like, man, I'm trying to smoke right now. <laughs> like, y'all going to get, like, y'all going to arrest what, me for nothing. <laughs> and what really made me mad about this last encounter, how the cops, they was just doing their job, and they were making sure everything was okay. But, you know, my neighbors, they mostly black. Mm-hmm. They was out there getting loud, having a good time. And I was like, I said, I'll sit on my porch, listen to music mm-hmm. myself, smoking a doobie. And these six cars pull up, lights off. Somebody called the cops, and they was out there fighting. And they was in there talking to them them for a while, and they finally come over and talked to me and then left. And I was like, well, did you have to talk to the one white guy on the block to make sure everything was all good? <laughs> like, I, like, straight up, they wasn't over there fighting, you know? No, and, like, um, like my, my fucking Joey's uh, daughter's birthday party. Yeah. Obviously, it's Joey, so he does everything for his kids big. Oh, yeah. So he had a whole fucking DJ set out there and everything, and it's just bumping. And it's also a Halloween party too, so yeah. you know we're it, it's a, a fucking melee out there. Mm-hmm. You know, thirty five plus fucking people in his backyard, and you know a bunch of kids, and we're all dancing and shit and having a good time. Well, somebody called the police. Well, the cops roll up, so Joey decides to go out and talk to him. I'm like, okay, well, he doesn't have the greatest history with police officers. You're drunk, sir. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He was very drunk. And I was like, let me go speak to them. I can speak their language, scared white guy. So so I went out there with him to be sure Joey wasn't going to get arrested. And it was the coolest cop in the fucking world. I went to school with this dude. And he comes in. He looked at Joey and goes, you've been drinking. Because Joey dressed as one of the fucking Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. (laughs) Like, Joey's out there with a full fucking beard, dressed up as one of the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. (laughs) And that cop instantly... I have to prime to dress like this. That that fucking cop instantly went drunk. (laughs) And I'm like, or transvestite, respect her. (laughs) Respectful. (laughs) But that cop ended up being so fucking cool. He... Ends up coming through the house to go to back to wish Kendra a happy birthday and sing her the happy birthday. And I, I, I am the best and worst person to talk to the police because I can talk to an officer and get them off our fucking backs. But I'm also the worst kind of cop 
the worst kind of guy because the second he entered the house, was like, it's okay, people. We're all white. None of us are going to get shot, but hide oh little Timothy. <laughs> that cop turned around and, oh. get, and pounded it, and I was so scared. He looked as a guy. That was funny. I'm like, it shouldn't be. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be propping me for this right now. Well, man, you know, when the, cop, when the cops come out here in Richmond, I, I always just see the entertainment factor in it. Because what drunk-ass hillbilly are they fucking with now? Oh, yeah. It's never anything serious. Like, this, this guy and this guy and his girlfriend, they're like 50 years old, ain't got no teeth between the two of them. And they're beating each other up over the last shot of vodka. Like I'm just like, like I want to oh, read. I want to read the comments on this shit. Was this down the street? Because there's a couple of people down there doing this. And the sad thing is, you read a headline like that, and you instantly oh. pop in at least four or five couples in your head that do that shit. Oh, You're yeah. like, well, fuck. Who is it Start today? Calling my like, hey, y'all, all right? Like, y'all need me to come down and talk police for you again? Man, it's just like I used to make the joke. Like I used to sit in the back porch with Timmy and watch uh, and watch cops live. Because yeah. Billy would always do something stupid and the cops would be after him. And sometimes it was a rerun. So, oh, shit. Man, I swear to God, that dude's made out of Vaseline. <laughs> he slipped away from the cops. Well, see, I have to make him a new fucking t-shirt now. I had a shirt made for him and said 86 and 0. Which is eighty six arrests, zero convictions. Oh shit! And he and he's been caught dead to rights on top of that. And still got away with shit. And still got away with it because his lawyer is so fine fucking toothed. I need that fucking lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't promoting his ass on. <laughs> Fuck him. I'll tell you when the microphones are off. <laughs> oh, shit. But like this last time, I I guess he hasn't been he hasn't had a, a run in with the cops in a while. Yeah. He must have gotten bored. Because like he had a couple kids finally, and you know he's a dad and whatnot, but he must have gotten bored, and so he he took his motorcycle and started <laughs> and started going up and down the road at like 150 miles an hour, you Hell know, yeah. drunk, and they chased him and they chased him all the way out to damn near uh damn near Liberty, yeah. But right at the county line, his bike ran out of gas because oh. it's him. <laughs> so they beat his ass, didn't they? Oh my god! Oh god that's he horrible. he stopped, kicked the bike down on the kickstand, got oh, off the bike. <laughs> Had his arms raised up with his helmet on. He had a helmet on. And the cops on their body cam took his helmet off and smacked him with it. And, oh. I, he was like, and I was like, you fucked up right there. Police brutality. Right there, you fucked up. He was showing no signs of being a threat. And you fucked up right there. You hit him. You struck him with his own damn helmet. Yep. And that's what got him out of it. And I'm like, well, y'all keep fucking up with him. Like, I understand he's like the like the one in town you really want to arrest. Like, you, like that, that'll get your career. Bad. Yeah, that'll get your fucking career boosted. Not you today. know, Not today. <laughs> and, like, I understand that, and I know he's pissing you off, but don't hit him. Like, for the love of God, like he had one incident where he was selling a whole bunch of weed, <laughs> and it's it, it's Billy. So yeah, he he sold a whole bunch of weed. This back past statute limitations too, so I can say this live. <laughs> and um, fucking couple of the uh, well more weller known police officers came kicking in his door, and he didn't have anything in the house. He didn't have any guns, no weed yet. He he done he, he still hadn't re up. He just had a wad of cash in his pocket. Right. Well, one of those cops um, beat his ass and mm. put his boot in the back of Billy's head, and the toilet was overflowing. So his face is in shit water. That's shitty. And, Literally. Yeah, and the cop held him there, and Billy started to bubble through the water. Oh. And so they let their foot off so he can turn his head so he can breathe, and then they put their foot right back onto him. I was like, you can't do that. 
No. Like, you can't do... And especially, like, and this is what really, like... I'm, I shit you not. I've been to the police evidence locker. One of them's got his fucking name on it. Like an entire section has his name <laughs> on it. And I'm talking guns, drugs, everything. And then I'm like, how do you guys keep fucking up? <laughs> you got all this shit. Like, he could be in jail for the for life with this. Like, well, how do you keep... with some money that he made sure. Um, look, guys, there's a such thing as due process. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, they arrested him. But they took that money out of his pocket. It was like eight oh, G's. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it was on like tens and fives oh, and shit. They, so it was yeah. like it, it was a you know it was they, a baseball sized wad. So mu- they straight they straight mugging. Well, see his uh his his lawyer argued that he was like he had he had a legal amount of money on him. Right. They said you found zero narcotics, zero guns, everything, and forged a fucking judge's signature on the warrant. Well, what is a legal amount of money nowadays? $9,999. For real? So yeah. if I walk around with 10000 on me, they're going to cite me for drug activity. Yep. That's some bullshit. Yeah, that's I've why I said. I've never had ten grand on me, but I mean... <laughs> I've always so wanted... So if I had... See, my, my issue is like if I ever hit the lottery, I want to hand my family money in a suitcase. I want to be that guy. Just right. like, here, your problems are over. You know? <laughs> $999. <laughs> it was $9,999, what you're allowed to have on you. But... <laughs> And you know what the fucked up part was? The cop that took the cash from him ended up misplacing it in evidence. Oh, always. And so the he had to have a check written to him from Wayne County. <laughs> Wayne County had to write him a check for down to the dime they took out of his pocket. I'm like, how the fuck are you going to have a surefire thing fuck up so bad because of your temper? Now you got to pay him money. <laughs> That's the way it should be. That's the way it should have been. Honestly, on a a false arrest, absolutely. You're arresting me for something I didn't fucking do, and that's proven. You owe me money. You owe me my time. Right. Like, and I charge $150 an hour just being alive (laughs) next to you. (laughs) 85 bucks an hour, bitch. You want to play? Just my existence next to you is going to cost you a lot of fucking money for this. I piss excellence. That's why you haven't caught me. That's exactly what he says. I piss excellence. That's exactly why you can't make me stick. I was there this one day. He was at his house. He done put a whole bunch of fucking cameras up at his house. <laughs> and he and he always does it big. So he bought those huge ass fucking like like high definition switchboard fucking cameras that he can move with a little dongle in his house and shit. Nice. Like he did it in a big way. Yeah. And he saw a uh, an unmarked park down the road from him with a camera set up on their uh, on their on their rear view on the mirror. Yeah. Recording his house. <laughs> and he looked at me. He looked at them. He goes, "You want to see something funny?" I went, "No," because <laughs> I'm gonna be a fucking. I'm guilty of being next to you. <laughs> like I'm not an accessory here. No, don't do anything funny. <laughs> like he did something funny too. He walked right up there, took the camera, and goes, "You ain't allowed to do this." And walked back to his house, and it's all on his camera that he did it. Oh, he stole that police officer's camera in front of him and said, "You're not allowed to do this" because he had just gotten out of jail. They were ordered to leave him the fuck alone. And they weren't. So he took... He's like, you ain't allowed to... To this day, I think that motherfucker still has that GoPro. I would, like, it was a GoPro, and he it was like when they first I, I, came I would, out, I so... I would love for cops to be filming my house. I'd be getting up in one of my windows and just be, like, straight flexing. Like, oh! <laughs> in, a, in, a fucking, in a fucking European Speedo with all my hair all hanging out and my gut. It's like, oh! <laughs> Check out the gun show, piggy! <laughs> Oh. Well, he did that, and I, I hate whenever he says you want to see something funny. I'm like, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> to be real, nine point ta- nine times out of ten, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I know he's about to do because something dumb. It's gonna be great. <laughs> but if I'm sober, I'm looking over like, no. <laughs> like, hold on, let me smoke a little bit. <laughs> Now, yes. No. <laughs> like, okay, now proceed. <laughs> oh, now do it. Now do something funny. Like, I, I made the joke, and I, I think I'm the originator of this joke, actually, that if you walk down an alleyway and you meet somebody like me, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be like, I'm going to beat your ass. You're mm-hmm. not afraid. you got fight or flight. Mm-hmm. You're either going to fight the motherfucker or you're going to run away. But if you walk down an alleyway and you meet me and I start unzipping my shit and start whacking it and like, mm-hmm, I'm going to rape you. You oh, run. Oh, you might get a thumb in your butt. <laughs> like, if I but, get the upper hand, you're getting a thumb in your butt. Then when the cops pull up, like, we're charging you with this and that. It, I was like, but, I got some hand sanitizer for my thumb. Like, you're going to fucking run, though. Like, uh-uh, I ain't getting raped today. Fuck, every, nobody's afraid to get the ass whooped. Everybody's afraid to get raped. Yeah. And I made that joke. And this, to, to on my life, this motherfucker said, Bullshit. Walks out of his... He lived on 11th, so... Uh, he, he lived on deep South 11th, right behind fucking Village Pantry. He was in the wrong neighborhood to do this in. He was in the wrong neighborhood to be white. So he jumped out the door, <clears throat> looked at a black dude, called him a racial derogatory slur. I'm like, oh God, Billy's about to get his ass whooped. And I'm going to have to watch it. Because <laughs> I ain't helping him. This is a dumb shit thing to do. He's going to have to learn. And this dude goes, what'd you say, white boy? He's like, oh, yeah, you want this? Unzipped his pants, pulled his dick out, and he's not small, and just started beating off and just, oh, yeah, I'm going to rape you, boy. Come here. And this dude fucking booked it. He turned around and goes, I'll be damned. Some people be doing He turned around and goes, I'll be damned. You're right. And I was like, you didn't have to fucking test the theory. Why? It was a joke. I'm like, you didn't have to do that. Just give me some weed. <laughs> like, I need to get high to deal with you. I need to get high to be next to you. I need to get high to think about you. <laughs> like, you do some dumb shit, and nine times out of ten, I'm the driver. <laughs> like, we got, all right, explain this. He was suspected of doing a drive by. Mm-hmm. He did not do the drive by. Yeah. He did. But, <laughs> he did. <laughs> so he, uh, I was at his house hanging out with him. I, I got to learn my lesson. And he's like, man, Lee's on his way over here. We got to go pick him up. And our cousin Lee is, you know, he's a good guy. Yeah. But he's slow. Like, you throw a basketball at Lee, like, Lee, catch. It'll hit him in the face, and then he'll clap his hands. Yeah. <laughs> but Lee also had a 9 millimeter pistol in his belt loop. Yeah. So he's going to cheddar Bob himself, so we had to go pick him up. <clears throat> and Lee's always been a really good guy. So we jumped in my car. And we turn around onto, uh, I cut through the alleyway, turn around to onto 11, turn around, and I get pulled over right off the alleyway. And he's yeah. like, yep. I'm like, yeah, fuck, here we go. So they pull us over, and you know you're fucked when the cop greets you by a nickname. Like, I rolled the window down, I was like, hello, officer. And he goes, sir, hi, BJ. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Looked over at him like, well, we're fucked, aren't we? He's like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm going to kill you. It's always fun it's like, when man, the cops we, know who you are. It's like, man, we're going to get locked up in the same cell, and I'm going to whip your ass up and down <laughs> that 8 by 8 And so they pull us the fuck out. Billy leaves his phone in the, cl- in, in the cup holder. Yeah. I'm like, ah, fuck. They have 15 cop cars surrounding us. About 25 cops surrounding Billy. Yeah. 
I get one small woman cop next to me. <laughs> I'm like, I could kick her in the face and run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I would fuck with none of these female cops. Or him, I'll whoop your ass. Like, Hell no. She's five foot one. Like Five foot one, does cage fighting, probably works out on a fucking weekly every like, few days. Well, that's, well, that's the moment in time I did, too. So I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to put a boot in her chin. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. I'm like, I, I, I was offended. I, was like, I ain't dangerous. I'm dangerous. <laughs> I was offended. That offended I me. A few more people. And so, what got us away was that the cop, that Billy's cell phone went off in the cup holder. Yeah. And the cop answered it. Huh. And Billy yelled out, "You can't fucking do that!" And that cop dropped that phone as fast as he can. He cannot answer somebody else's cell phone. No. You cannot do that. That's an FDA violation. Gotta get, we gotta get warrants for that. <clears throat> yep. So, they searched my car up and fucking down. And we're cleared, so we get back in there. They're looking at Billy like we know you did it. We're gonna get, we're gonna get you. And so we get back in my car. And at first they thought my car was the drive-by car, but it was a two-door it was a two-door potato, yeah. and it's not ideal for a drive-by. <laughs> you need something with four doors or four windows that roll down. I got a two-door with one window that rolls down. <laughs> like if anything, right. like a bicycle is more efficient than this car. Yeah. So we uh, <clears throat> we start driving, and I knew what it was all about. So I'm like, you know. You know, I'm like kind of giggling, and Billy goes, "Man, I need to talk to you about something." He's like, "What?" He goes, "Man, are you a rapist?" Huh. I was like, "No." He's like, "Bro, they were telling me what they found in your trunk." I'm like, "Fuck's in my trunk?" And then I forgot <clears throat> that in my trunk I had just done laundry. Huh. I had just done my wife's laundry. It was her. It was her turn to get to get a load done. So I had her panties and her bras and shit in in a basket in the back of my trunk. I also had a ski mask, a werewolf mask, a hatchet, uh, about 10 foot of rope, and two rolls of duct tape. That's one of them. K- and leather gloves. Kmart rape supply kits. <laughs> and, <laughs> and leather gloves and condoms in the basket. Oh, shit. They told me, I was like, oh, fuck. I got a home rape kit. <laughs> and it's all innocent. Like, I had the werewolf mask because of my haunted attraction days. I had the ski mask because, well, it got fucking cold in Indiana. Right. And the gloves because it got cold. I drove a shitbox car, so I kept a hammer and a hatchet and a fucking Bowie knife back there. Yeah. Because it's a shitbox car, you need all three of them to fix it. And the rope was in case my shitbox car f- broke down. I had a tow rope. Right. You know, it was all innocent shit. And I'm like... Why didn't they talk to me about that? <laughs> like, they were talking to him like, Dude, is he a rapist? <laughs> like, why aren't y'all talking to me? Like, you left, like, if I am a fabled rapist, why'd you leave me with a female cop? <laughs> like, I, I obviously know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, you look over and we're both gone. I come back zipping my pants up and she's crying. What's That's on that? you. <laughs> that ain't on me. That's on you. You knew what I was about. You found the evidence. <laughs> like, and, 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 that fucked me up for a while. I was like, man, I could have been like, they could have had me dead to rights on evidence for raping, but they didn't fuck with me. They had no victims though. <laughs> <laughs> like we picked up Lee and everything went fine, but we got followed all the, all the way to all the way, picking up, picking Lee up, then turn around, driving back, got followed the entire time. Oh yeah. I mean, and they weren't, they were being very blunt about it. Like they were behind me the entire, and I was taking weird turns too. Yeah. So I was like, all right, <clears throat> they can, you know, scope me out, whatever. But you know that they're looking for something else when they ask you for proof of insurance. Yeah. Because your license plate is tied to your proof of insurance. They can oh. look that shit up. Oh, yeah. I know they can. They've told me. But if they ask you for proof of insurance, they're asking for 
a reason to get you out of the vehicle. Yeah. Essentially. Like, I like I know what y'all are doing. My mom was a fucking cop for years. Right. So, and the whole quota thing is bullshit. They just say that to make an excuse to arrest you. Yeah. They don't, they don't have an arrest quota. If they did in fucking Richmond, they'd meet it every month with bonuses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Mine. Let's wrap it down for the evening. I'm All right, time. I got you. This is, everybody, I'm going to... Get the F out of here and I'll see y'all possibly tomorrow with a surprise guest. Peace.